0: Tell me where to be, Daddy Fauci.
1: The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonzas. They discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk.
0: You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 24th, 2020. This is episode 212, and this week, Society 5.0. And uh, I am your
2: buddy Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome back to another episode. Hashtag Bible Prophecy, YouTube. That's my way of sticking it to YouTube. Yeah, they didn't cryptic, like but you not cryptic.
0: They didn't like you using uh, hashtags about the Bible, huh?
2: Apparently, they don't even show it on top of the titles. Usually, uh, if you publish a video on YouTube, you can put a, uh, up to 3 hashtags in the description and it'll pop up right above the uh, title of the video. But I noticed that it wasn't there yesterday, so I did a couple uh, checks and tests. And it's certainly true that YouTube does not allow hashtag Bible prophecy to pop up above the title of videos anymore.
0: Yeah, okay, there you go. It's it's hate speech.
2: (laughs) Apparently. And it's funny because uh, you click on the hashtag Bible prophecy, you know, the link in YouTube, and it takes you to the first video, which almost has 2 million views, is a vice video about Trump and how Bible prophecy elected trump and all this kind of stuff um, it, yeah you know, it's like uh,
0: the, the the trump bulldozer prophecy i Watch know out. they're, they're scared they're scared coming at you kind of slow yeah <laughs> um, uh, okay well yeah. anything let's see what day is it it's wednesday second show of the day here and today the is week. uh happy twitch blackout day everybody
2: yeah, uh, you said second show of the day. You, you seem to have a problem with the days and weeks. You know, it's like time, all one big thing.
0: <laughs> time is a flat circle, guns.
2: I know you've been saying that for years. I think it's getting to your head. <laughs> it's a good. It's just a good excuse. I know. We're
0: just... messing up every single time. But okay, second show of the week. Here yes. we are. Thanks everybody for tuning in to uh, Twitch Blackout Day, and we are here, and we're we're blacked out. And it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like many people really took that uh, suggestion very serious. But you know, we're here to 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 support everybody um, in whatever way you need to be supported. That's why we're here. So, um, let's see. I'm, I'm just scrolling through the the Twitch numbers here. It looks like I, the, the unnoticeable decline in people um, Twitch broadcasting. But there you go. That's your Twitch blackout for the day. Um, anything exciting happened since Monday, Gons?
2: No, not really. No. Oh, you know what? I, I will mention this. Uh, wife's coworker's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, tested positive for the Ronas. Uh oh. And yeah, their whole family is like quarantined in different places. Like the the fiance is stuck in a hotel. Uh, grandpa or dad, I guess, is stuck in a hotel. Mom's in the hospital. You know, wow. they're all yeah they're being isolated and uh, a little stressed out over there. Any so,
0: chance that the the contact tracers are going to come after you?
2: Uh, maybe. I know that there's uh, some protocol based on that from the workplace around here, at least mm-hmm. businesses in my local area. And yeah, there is a, a point at which all people in the family have to test. But, it, but also, uh, my wife's coworker friend is unable to get a test because she doesn't show, uh, have any symptoms. You know, but she's stressing out over it. So you know, I'm I'm trying to unable tell,
0: th- like they won't test they her won't because test she her. doesn't have symptoms.
2: Yeah, they're saying that you don't have hmm. any symptoms. We can't test you, and I'm like I. And the other thing, and I'm very suspicious. You know me, I'm I'm suspicious of well, you know us on this show. We're suspicious of the whole thing. Right. But the first test came back negative, and then they called back and said, actually, sorry, mistake. She's positive. So. Hmm. it's just very the whole thing is very weird you yeah. know yeah so i don't know but yeah okay well keeping that in mind
0: the, we'll keep keep uh taking your temperature there and uh you know maybe we'll Ooh, if we could live stream a covid test that would be <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh, groundbreaking <laughs> material yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Can really well, I was
0: uh, I was a little triggered yesterday, Gons.
2: I know. You wanted uh-huh. to start with a Basil triggered story, which we don't even have a jingle <laughs> for, but
0: uh, no, Basil's triggered. I wanted to talk about this story, but there's no place to fit it in the show, so I'm just going to go off the top here. This is denver.cbslocal.com. It's just a storm. <laughs> it's a storm
2: raging in Basil's
0: uh, that? corner. That's the sound of Basil being triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this article's tiled, titled, Keep Your Cat Out of Your Dating Profile. CSU researchers warned men. That's sexist. Men who like cats are less likely to get a date. That's the takeaway from a study by Colorado State University which found that women are less likely to swipe right or say yes to men if they're posing with a cat in the picture. Scientists showed hundreds of women photos of two men, both men pictured uh, with and without a free companion. Their responses showed that men's luck got noticeably worse when women saw the picture With a cat. Quote, men holding cats were viewed as less masculine, more neurotic, agreeable, and open, and less dateable, the authors wrote. When shown the cat-free picture of one of the subjects, 38% of women said they were likely, or very likely, to casually date him, while 37% said they'd consider a serious relationship. But, a picture of the same man holding a cat gave respondents pause for thought and those numbers dropped to 33% for each category uh-huh. ding 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 Uh, 33%. what are they trying to tell us the magic number Uh, meanwhile the proportion of women saying they'd never consider getting involved with him rose from 9% to 14 so you got a 5% spread on uh, both of those and you know what I was a little triggered mainly because of the 33 you know we got some some elite signaling going on here uh, which you know I think means that uh, taking pictures with cats is the way to go and you know i thought about it and uh i think i'll consider it more of a filtration device having a cat in your picture so that extra five percent of women um you know they just they they didn't make it past the first round their loss (laughs) i'm the one with the cuddly kitties there you go i don't know Uh, I, i don't do dating apps or anything uh for obvious reasons but um there you go. For so far you're all just you looking out for 11 men out there.
2: Yeah, you're looking out for your fellow cat owner males. Uh I, the picture of the guy with the the backpack with the clear shield thing <laughs> with the cat yes. riding his bike or something. Yeah. That's uh I don't know. I, I I'm not really into that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too stoked about the uh, like, I, hey, say, I own a I, cat I, and a backpack
0: I, <laughs> that holds him. I don't own one of those backpacks, but I have been very uh, tempted in the past to try it out. All okay. right. Well, there you go. That's, that's what triggered me uh, earlier today. Let's uh, jump into the show. Gons, what do you say?
2: Let's get on with it. A Flippy Update. Yahoo.
1: Flippy Update. Here's you want fries with that?
2: Alright, Flippy update
0: For those who don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arm uh, That in in total are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses uh, We use Flippy as a proxy to ha- hold a conversation about how automation, robotics, and AI are sneaking their way into our lives We're just a bunch of frogs in a artificially intelligent boiling pot of water Um, This article, like I said, from Digital Trends and is titled Robocut is a robot sculptor that would put Edward Scissorhands to shame. Okay, weird reference, but if you say so. Remember the iconic scene in Edward Scissorhands where the endearing titular scissor fingered misfit shows off his sculpting skills by chopping a great hunk of ice into a breathtaking carving of an angel? Researchers at ETH Zurich's Computational Robotics Lab and the University of Haifa have created a robot that does something similar, only with blocks of styrofoam instead of ice, a flexible heated rod instead of scissor hands, and a 2020 dual-arm industrial robot instead of an early 90s Johnny Depp. But apart from that, it's totally the same thing. Meet Robocut. Uh, quote, with RoboCut, we enable robots to use deformable tools to efficiently fabricate pom- complex objects with intricate curved shapes. Simon Dunser, a PhD student who worked on the project, told Digital Trends, quote, we apply this to a technique called hot wire cutting, a method where a heated wire is used to effortlessly cut through expanded polystyrene foam. While traditionally a straight wire would uh, be used for this, in our case, the dual arm rob- Robot uses a flexible rod. This allows it to continuously adapt the shape of the tool uh, to match the curvature of the target surface such that it can. uh, be produced more efficiently and with higher quality. As can be seen from the video up top, RoboCut is capable of transforming a cube of styrofoam into all manner of shapes, from a cute bunny rabbit to a shark. It's an impressive party trick, but the really impressive part is the motion planning algorithms required to compute the right movements for the robot arm to manipulate its cutting implement so that the correct object gets carved accurately. Um, There you go. There's, There's more to the uh, article but more or less watch out sculptors it's not just car manufacturing and uh, burger flippers whose jobs are in danger now it's uh, sculptors the artists they're coming for you instead of you know honing your craft for years on end now all you got to do is uh, you know figure out how to use some CAD software and a robot can do the work.
2: You know, I'm looking at the video here and I'm showing it on screen for anybody who's watching the live stream or the the video afterwards, mm-hmm. um, but they're cheating a little bit because you have these two robot arms, it's got the wire between the two, and it's certainly some intricate movements, but there's somebody that comes in and changes the angle of the styrofoam be- before each... Uh, slice uh-huh so yeah okay yeah it's like moving <laughs> in that direction but you're not you gotta- a fan
0: of the the artistic method of no. robocut
2: well if they're gonna make a robot doing this they should give the robot a mechanism to rotate the uh, uh i don't know the the stand that the styrofoam box sits on i'm still impressive i suppose okay. but
0: all right, so there you go, RoboCut. You're just, Gons is not impressed. No. Do, <laughs> do better. Be better. Be better. All right, you got any updates before we jump uh, into the,
2: the big stuff? We have, uh, we have a series of updates. Okay. This
0: to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated.
2: All right, the first update we have here is from timesfreepress.com. Mm-hmm. Tennessee newspaper fires ad manager for end times ad mm. or end of times ad. And this was a story that we uh, talked about in the last oh, episode. Yeah. Of the guy who uh, the
0: Seventh Day Adventists who put out a uh, an advertisement. What was it in a newspaper or something? I think it was a newspaper or magazine
2: that said about how
0: ISIS is going to nuke nuke Tennessee, (laughs) Nashville, Tennessee.
2: Yeah. So uh, the Tennessee announced the newspaper and its parent company Gannett had fired the manager after conducting an internal investigation into what led to its publishing. Mm. And it goes on here. And uh, here's what I found interesting. Um, it says that uh, quote, well, there's a quote here from the company. We apologize for publishing this ad and we specifically apologize to the Muslim community in Nashville and more broadly, Kathy Jack Romero, president of local sales for Gannett told the newspaper quote, this should have never happened. Mm. And then later it says here, revenue from the ad sale will be refunded to the group and Gannett will donate the $14,000 value from the ad sale to the American Muslim Advisory Council, the newspaper Mm. reported. Interesting. Quote, we're grateful that they've opted not to benefit from the proceeds of the ad. Sabina Mohudin, executive director of the American Muslim Advisory Council, told the newspaper, quote, we can use that for something good in the community. But that's not it. Mohyudin Uh, Also said the newspaper's executives have contacted her to apologize. Aside from the donation to the Nashville-based advocacy group, the company will also give $50,000 in advertising credit to the council and will coordinate with them on diversity training for the newspaper staff. So there you go. $50,000 in ad credit. (laughs) Wow, going to uh, to the the American Muslim Advisory Council. So a lot a lot yeah. of pampering happening to the uh, Islamic group. That was, I mean, I don't even think it's the Islamic group targeted. It's just because they They're, used ISIS yeah. as the culprits. Now we have to pander to this Islamic. <laughs> what, if, what if they donated
0: <laughs> ad revenue to
2: ISIS? That would be a, <laughs> well, That's what that I'm saying.
0: problematic.
2: That, that would be the the other option if they really want to. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting how they triangulate here and get this other group to uh, this Islam, you know, Muslim group. You know, to-
0: if if that's what makes it right, that's what they got to do. Um, yes. I will say I, I can't I, I can't imagine this happening for any other group that uh, would be. Well, actually, that's not true. I'm sure there's lots of groups that would get oh, to yeah. a treatment like this. Um, so there you go. There's one of them. Uh, nice yeah.
2: little update there. Nice update. We got a few more updates here. Just a quick one. Uh, this one is a quick Space Pope Reptilian update. Space Pope Reptilian. And this is from FoxSixNow.com. Pope Francis compares priests who defied pandemic safety measures to adolescents. That's what? pretty much it. That's, that's the, uh, the update. He's Wait, basically calling... Again? Okay, Pope Francis compares Mm. priests who defied pandemic safety measures to adolescents.
0: Oh, yeah, they call them, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so the Um, Pope noted that most mm.
2: priests were obedient and creative in remaining Mm. close to their congregations in the difficult months of the pandemic, even when they couldn't be physically near them. Uh, He also criticized the complaints of some priests who spoke out against lockdown measures, calling it, Adolescent resistance Mm. So Rebels Rebels got something to prove Yeah I don't know though Because uh, you know Jesus talks about having Childlike faith so Boom Pope Francis (laughs) It was a compliment (laughs) Okay uh, let's do Another little
0: update uh, About some food I'm hungry Yeah (laughs) Yeah Um, Okay, this was interesting. This actually came out in May... But uh, I apparently we missed it, but I just wanted to mention it because, uh, you know, we want to keep an eye on uh, the food business and the FDA. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of news coming out the past few years when it comes to GMOs and food labeling and things like that. And this is from the Seattle times.com originally from the Washington post. And the title of the article is FDA rolls back food rules for fifth time during pandemic. And I'm actually just going to read a little bit of this guns, uh, makes it Easier to understand. Uh, the article reads The Food and Drug Administration has temporarily loosened labeling and information rules for food manufacturers for the fifth time during the novel coronavirus pandemic. The changes are intended to ease manufacturers' supply chain snags, but advocacy groups say that they are concerned that the changes will become permanent and that they will present problems for consumers cons- uh, concerned about tracking the provenance of their food. A new guideline allows manufacturers to substitute hard-to-source ingredients in their products without changing the label, and it allows vending machine operators' latitude to omit calorie information for foods sold. Advocacy groups say the guideline announced Friday makes it more difficult for people with food allergies to be confident that their food won't make them sick. It walks back some of the advances vending machines have made in the past year in offering more healthful choices. Quote, we have no objection." to temporary flexibilities in this moment, but uh, we view with suspicion the notion that you'd want to continue those after the emergency, says Laura McCleary, policy director of the Center for Science and the Public Interest. Quote, they say they will take comments and consider an extension beyond the public health emergency. Mm, why? Why? <laughs> Why do you need to do that? Why don't you just stop doing this? The FBI, the FDA said changes to the guideline uh, guidance were temporarily. Uh, sorry, the FDA said the changes to guidance were temporary and intended to address the public health emergency. Quote: The food industry has informed us that there are supply disruptions or shortages for some ingredients. As a result, manufacturers say. Uh, may need to make formulation changes such as omissions or substitutions of minor ingredients, FDA spokesperson Peter Castle said in an email. Quote, to address the situation and to continue to support the food supply chain during this emergency, the FDA is issuing guidance to industry uh, to provide temporary flexibility for manufacturers to make minor formulation changes in certain circumstances without making conforming label changes. So basically, Gans, uh, you know, if you're a food manufacturer and your supply chain has been disrupted, you, you, you're allowed to lie about what's in your food. Why even have a label if it's legal for them to lie about what's in the food? This is disturbing, to say the least.
2: Seems pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's just legal
0: deception. When you read a, a label on a food package, you know, there should be some amount of trust that what you're reading is true, uh, but now it's in the books, on, it's in the law that uh, food manufacturers can straight up tell non-truths on their labeling uh, in order to you know, not spend the money to correct their labeling during times where they may be using other ingredients. So, I don't know. This is uh, super sketchy and was super, you know, it was really quiet because um, there's obviously a lot of other stuff going on at the time, Um, but keep that in mind. If you're opening up a package of uh, Pringles or Doritos nacho blasted uh, flavor triangles, Uh, you never know what's going to be inside.
1: Now that right there is a definition of insanity.
2: (laughs) You know what else? You know what most food, especially processed food labels, should just have this on it. It will kill.
0: (laughs) That's basically what you can assume (laughs) uh, for anything that comes in some plastic packaging.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not to say that it's going to
0: stop me from eating those flavor blasted triangle
2: squares. uh, I'm I'm, all I'm I'm saying is maybe the, they're already, you know, making it kind of sugarcoating some of the uh, sugarcoating some of the labeling already with, I mean, yeah, the ingredients are in there, but the effects and everything, uh, sometimes it talks about cancer, you know, like, Oh, this, this is, you can get cancer from this. Right. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess if they can lie that way, why not lie more ways? that's right okay
0: guns you ready to uh do a little segment on the covids yes let's start with this one did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched
2: that's Uh, right
0: this is from oh um, you you, want you you want to do this
2: uh, one uh, it's up to you you can do it i'll do it okay
0: Axios.com article is titled "Fauci says Trump has never told coronavirus task force to slow down testing." Okay, so this is uh, this is interesting again with the back and forth with Daddy Fauci hashtag uh, Daddy Fauci. Um, it came out a couple of days ago that uh, you know it was so ridiculous how Trump was asking the Corona task force to slow down testing. He mentioned it. Uh, well, he joked about that during his speech at the uh, much disputed uh, attended rally there. Where was it? In Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa. Yep. He kind of joked. Well, let's get into the article. They'll, they'll talk about it uh hashtag daddy fauci anthony fauci and three other members of the white house coronavirus task force testified to congress tuesday that president trump has never told them to slow down coronavirus testing and that the u.s quote will in fact be doing more testing as infections continue to surge in a number of states i mean already some logical inconsistencies there being that uh, you know One of the reasons why we're seeing the numbers spike is because we are testing more people. Anyways, why it matters. The White House officials have insisted that President Trump's claim at a rally on Saturday uh, that he asked to slow down testing because it resulted in higher confirmed case count was, quote, (coughs) tongue in cheek. Trump said on Tuesday, however, that the comments were not a joke, telling reporters, I don't kid. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably <laughs> it's it's okay to joke trump you can you can admit to having a sense of humor trump described coronavirus testing as a double-edged sword claiming account accounts for the country's 2.3 million reported cases the largest caseload in the world last week trump called testing overrated and said it makes us look bad what they're saying this is from the niaid director anthony fauci i and my Daddy colleagues fauci. Daddy Fauci, and, uh, I and my colleagues, to my knowledge, I know that none of us have ever been told to slow down on testing, that it's just a fact. In fact, we'll be doing more testing, as you have heard from the Admiral, we'll specifically identify people to isolate and contact trace, but more surveillance. If you want to get your arms around and understand exactly what is going on in the community spread, we're going to be doing more
2: testing, not less. More As, surveillance. Yes, he more just admits surveillance. straight. This is the part that I actually watched from the the whole. It was like a six hour thing, uh-huh. and I just happened to be watching this moment when he said, "More surveillance. We're gonna have more surveillance. <laughs> Good time to tune in." Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Daddy Fauci. As Dr.
0: Fauci said, all of us continue to be committed to increasing timely access to testing. We have made marked improvement. We still have a ways to go. One of the key things, as Tony mentioned, getting a little familiar there, (laughs) Director Robert Redfield.
2: One of the things
0: Tony mentioned, my buddy Tony. Uh, is expanding surveillance because of the non-symptomatic nature of the infection. We are looking at ways it could substantially impact testing. We are doing 500,000 or 600,000 tests a day. We are continuing to try and enhance testing. Between the lines, this is interesting. Axios has a little between the lines segment. Fauci told the Wall Street Journal this week that higher percentages of positive tests results in many states, quote, cannot be explained by increased testing despite what trump has claimed huh i don't know the logic behind that but uh, you know if an authority says it i believe it good because more surveillance <laughs> coming your way yeah. more tests i know more surveillance that's what we want to hear you know it shows the disconnection between these people and and the general population where they think you know it's being told that they're going to be surveilled more is a good thing when in fact it's uh, pretty much anybody on the left or the right, just the average person. That's one thing that like the far left and the far right have in common is uh, they're, they're not down with the, the surveillance. It's a, it's a problem. Daddy Fauci It's not a good thing.
2: <laughs> According to him, it's fantastic. We need more. So um, yeah, make it trend. Hashtag daddy Fauci. I started to use it. <laughs> Nobody's really using it. No one's picking up on it. But you we got
0: to hashtag all our our videos. That, <laughs> although that might draw too much attention.
2: Yeah. All right, we got more COVID stuff here, and this one uh, we we talked about the um, the problem with the toilets flushing before, but uh, mm-hmm. it's it's expanded now. Uh oh. Sorry about that. The longest toilet flush in the world. (laughs) This is um, vice.com. Obviously the the most fantastic outlet ever known to man. Where will we pee when we're out in our half reopened states? No. Written by Hannah Smothers. After two vodka lemonades drunk out of a big paper cup on a street corner in Williamsburg in late May, my friend... (laughs) (laughs) we'll call megan person
0: knows how to party
2: (laughs) really had to pee the bar where we got the vodka lemonades was serving drinks from the makeshift takeout window like lots of other places started uh, doing during the pandemic i knew there were two perfectly good toilets uh there were two perfectly good toilets inside just 20 feet away but the bar's big front doors were locked Megan was really starting to potty dance around, so I hopped on my bike to see if the public restrooms at the closest park, Domino, a privately operated park that isn't run by the city, were open. The doors there were locked too, despite the park itself being full of people lounging around in their little social distancing circles. None of the bars or restaurants nearby were open, aside from their takeout windows, if businesses are going to be open enough that we can use their services, but so closed we can't use the bathrooms, I have to ask. Where are we all going to pee? Oh, no. Typically, pseudo-public bathrooms, like in the country's countless Starbucks locations, help field the public's need to pee, really. Public urination citations go down. But for states in stages of reopening, it's not clear whether any businesses has to let anyone use their bathrooms, and even public bathrooms that are open are overwhelmed. That means as we face processing the pent up excitement of people who haven't been able to go out and do things for several months, I know we may be facing a deluge of pee that has nowhere to go, except well, dot, dot, dot. Uh, It goes into some stuff here. The point being that they're, (laughs) they're trying to make it sound like the one thing that's going to be a problem is where we're going to go. pee. aside from the fact that they already had, stuff go down with the, you know, the toilet problem from the last, uh, couple episodes. I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but there's a, there's a part at the end. I want to, um, I want to highlight uh-huh. and it says here until we get some sort of official policy response on where precisely we're supposed to go to the bathroom while patronizing all these halfway open businesses. Maybe the only thing we can do is agree that peeing outside is acceptable. Now your move, oh, politicians, no. Who are ordering states to reopen so there you go i think this is just uh another plea by vice here to just make you know our cities and towns disgusting <laughs> I like and it has allow to be it a to policy issue <laughs> well vice it's always going to be a policy issue asking our <laughs> overlords to Come up with policy to help us. We don't know need where the to pee. Politicians to help us go to the bathroom. It's like my.
0: Goodness. If you need to rely on the politicians to help you go to the
2: bathroom, you know we've reached a whole new level here. And and we obviously we've gone through the whole thing with the gender-neutral bathrooms and all that stuff, but now mm-hmm. you know now it's even beyond that. It's like, hey, where are you going to go when you got to go? You know, it's it's, know. it's also encouraging people not to really go out. You know, stay inside, slaves. Grainy,
0: uh, granny canary in the twitch chat just recommends diapers you know <laughs> hey you know that's what gonna these see people a weird <laughs> it's gonna see a weird resurgence in adult diapers that's the that's the next I... thing i'm surprised actually that would be interesting i would want to know of course we had the issue with the toilet paper and we'll see how i mean there uh, the grocery stores in my area still have empty toilet paper aisles i
2: cannot believe yeah. that we're yeah, that's four months thing. into
0: this and that is still an issue um, but adult diapers I'll off the check and see, uh, see what the status is on that.
2: Yeah. I just thought I'd update everybody on that because obviously vice is picking it up. And you know, this, this author, Hannah Smothers has no idea what to do with her, uh, <laughs> <when nature laughs> tell calls. me where to
0: be daddy Fauci. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I've got another COVID story here for you. This one's uh, going to be, this one actually was making waves.
2: Yep, yeah, it was. COVID. The race wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned
0: you. Warned you and warned, warned you and warned you, folks. WashingtonExaminer.com. Uh, the article is titled, Oregon County Imposes Face Mask Requirement Targeting Only White People, Minorities Exempt Over Racism Fears. Hmm, interesting. A county in Oregon has issued an order requiring face masks to be worn in public, but has exempted non-white people over fears of racism. Health officials in Lincoln County, Oregon, which is inhabited by roughly 50,000 people, issued the order for any situation in which individuals might come within six feet of another person. But heightened concern about racial profiling and harassment mean that non-white people aren't required to abide by the rule, according to the New York Post. The decision to exempt non-white people from wearing masks comes as some have attempted to make the case that minorities are in danger when required to wear masks quote for many black people deciding whether or not to wear oh i lost my spot sorry for many black people deciding whether or not to wear a bandana in public to protect themselves and others from contracting coronavirus is a lose-lose situation that can result in life-threatening consequences either way american civil liberties union racial justice program director renika moore said to cnn in april An article published by Stat News in early June displayed the headline quote, which death do they choose? Many black men fear wearing a mask more than the coronavirus. Quote, when the CDC issued guidelines in early March asking people to wear masks to prevent the spread of coronavirus, the question for many black men was not where to get a mask or which kind. The article said it was how do I cover my face and not get shot? California, Oregon's neighbor to the south recently imposed a similar rule with Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom mandating that face masks be worn in public places, which has resulted in pushback from many residents. And some officials have said they won't enforce the rules. Of course, we've been seeing a lot of stories about that. Sheriff's uh, departments uh, all over the country saying they're not going to enforce the mask rule. Um, But how does any policymaker add this into their policy and not expect to, you know, any response to the ridiculousness?
2: How do you? Yeah, well, we're trying to fight racism by being more racist. Is basically <laughs> well, of course, that's
0: the only way to do it. That's
2: and, and the th- game. That doesn't plan. make any sense.
0: And and you know yeah. the,
2: the one thing I noticed too. Uh, speaking of Gavin Newsom in California, um, out here in the uh, Orange Counties in Southern California, if you go on the freeway, they have these big. Um, I guess like signs that you know the big mm-hmm. light signs, uh, and it, it did say like practice social dis- distancing. You know, well, we're going to fight. We got to beat coronavirus, or I think it said COVID nineteen. And now it mm-hmm. just says when you're outside, cover your face. Cover your face. We and don't want to like, see it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. A uh, big giant sign on the freeway. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that if anytime we're out in public, we have to wear a mask and cover our face did the upside downness of this whole situation
0: is just crazy i mean it's crazy if we if wearing a mask truly is for the safety of any individual wouldn't it then be racist to uh you know tell people of color that they don't have to or shouldn't wear a mask either way. I mean, what are you asking people to to do? I guess this means you gons as our resident person of color don't <laughs> need to wear a
2: mask. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'll just go around. If anybody looks at me weird, I'll be like, what are you racist? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where of course you
0: understand the sentiment uh, of course in the before times. Uh, if, if you know you saw really anybody, but specifically in some cases, you know people of color walking down the street wearing a mask, that would turn some heads. Uh, but I just, this, I don't know. I I feel like I don't even need to walk through this. It's so self evident how wrong this is. It's just,
2: it's pretty ridiculous.
0: I don't know. Yeah, not even that. I'm saying that I want people of color necessarily to have to wear a mask. I'm just saying if we're trying to push for equality for all human beings making a law that says one group of people has to wear a mask and the other group doesn't i mean how is that not inherently on its face a racist policy i
2: i don't think they're yeah you make the point come on gons argue with me i
0: know you i know you (laughs) love
2: masks (laughs) yeah i like masks and um aprons that go around my waist that look like the Google <laughs> sign. Yeah. Like that's, the Google. that's what I'm about. Oh, your
0: Masonic apron. Yeah. Yes. What'd you yes,
2: think of of I was talking about? I don't know.
0: I thought you were, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's 2020 gons. So I don't know what you like to wear around the house.
2: Okay. <laughs> People, we're just giving the trolls more fuel for the fire here. It's yeah, the trolls in the YouTube chat. Won't, won't uh, address them, but let's go on here. Cause there's more to cover here with the whole COVID thing. Hopefully this thing, I mean, did you, did it say in the article how they're going to enforce this? No, enforce I imagine- it? and
0: it's just, as of now, it's just in one County in Oregon. Um, although I did see some stories popping up just before the show that other places have similar laws, uh, but it's just, you know, the madness, the madness will spread. It always does.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. It's, just madness. Yep. What's next? COVID.
1: and safe in my people's zoo.
2: This is from Bloomberg. It's an opinion piece. And actually, hold on. Let me switch up the browser here because I don't have uh, a Bloomberg uh, account subscription. So I'm going to change browsers Ooh, here. hacker guns. I know.
0: <laughs> you gotta get titled, your one
2: your one free article i know i know i thought it would refresh by the time we start the show but it did not uh, the new weapon in the covid 19 war and it's interesting because this is written as a as an opinion piece mm-hmm. but here is what it says um no one who passed the young woman on the street that night oh where do i start a series of dispatches from america in the age of covid-19 no one who passed the young woman on the street that night gave her so much as a second glance it was a saturday evening in the south beach neighborhood of san francisco and she was heading away from the stadium where the san francisco giants were meant to be opening their season and toward the arena where the golden state warriors were meant to be ending theirs the young woman carried a small white styrofoam cooler that looked as if it had made one too many fishing trips. She wore a mask and running shoes. She made this trip almost every night, and she might as well have been invisible. And she thought that was funny because of what she usually had inside her styrofoam cooler. Racks of tubes filled with COVID-19. What? The The buildings in the area housed some of the world's leading labs studying deadly diseases. Ebola, Zika, MERS, SARS, bubonic plague. They kept it all in refrigerators, but sometimes they needed to move it around. Quote, hang out here long enough, the young woman said as she walked, and you realize you don't have any idea of what people are carrying. Her name was Hannah Retallick. She was a microbiologist and student of Joe DeRisi, the virus hunter, who in early March had turned the Chan Zuckerberg biohub into what might be the country's most interesting coronavirus testing lab. Ratilak was just 29, but had established herself as a leading pupil in what I've come to think of as the Joe Darussi school of <laughs> really cool virus hunters. <laughs> um, it's just funny how everything's past tense, even though it's like two months ago. Right. One brief example out of many. A few years ago, a great white shark washed up on a Santa Cruz beach, not dead, but madly thrashing about. Darisi yes. saw the news report, wondered if maybe the shark had a virus, and called up the California Marine authorities. A guy there told him they actually uh, told him that actually hundreds of sharks were washing up on San Francisco Bay Area beaches. People had been calling to complain that some company must have dumped toxins into the bay. Darisi mm. asked his students if any of them wanted to go shark virus hunting. Hannah, Hannah Retalak was the first to raise her hand. A few days later, Ratelak drove herself to a beach just south of San Francisco International Airport and waded out in the waters. Quote, you need to collect some samples.
0: That's a dangerous thing to do when you know
2: sharks are coming close to the shore. Anything for science, because science is truth, Basil. Don't you know? (laughs) Didn't you hear Daddy Fauci tell us? I hope she was wearing a mask. (laughs) You need to collect some samples, and the fresher the better, she said. She hoped to find a dying shark, but instead found a dead one with its eyes intact and no stink, but both, uh, both signs that it had just died. She hauled it into the parking lot and popped open its skull. Its brain looked as if it had been exploded by a grenade. Whoa. And these scientists are just gnarly. Hannah Ritalik then set out to do for the shark what Joe DeRisi had done for other species, including her own, isolate and understand its killer. Derisi had helped to invent a technology that made this easy to do. It allowed Ritalik to subtract from her shark specimen all the genetic material that naturally belonged to the shark. What remained were the genes that shouldn't be inside a shark. As it turned out, these belonged not to a virus, but to a single-cell parasite that plagued fish farms. Uh, Miamiensis avidas. The parasite was not usually found in the bay's very salty waters, but that season had been unusually rainy. Ratilak guessed that the rain reduced the salinity of the bay to the point where it accumulated or accommodated the parasite. She went back and asked the California authorities for their records of unexplained shark die-offs in the San Francisco Bay. There had been several, all in unusually rainy years. The sharks hadn't been killed by some toxin, they'd been killed in effect by the weather. Ritalik, like her mentor, DeRisi, was now training her virus detective skills on COVID-19. The white styrofoam cooler that she carried through the streets of San Francisco was packed with plastic tubes filled with both human and coronavirus genes. She and three of Joe DeRisi's graduate students, all women, had proceeded, uh, had processed the tests themselves inside a lab across the street from the Oracle Park. Quote, the bomb squad, DeRisi called them. When they found the virus, they diffused it so that it could no longer infect people. But they preserved the genome and carted them into this little styrofoam cooler back to the biohub's smoking cold minus 81 degree freezer, Ooh. where they were about to do the most thrilling detective work in this entire pandemic. Really? At the moment, Hannah Ritalik was supposed to be finished with her PhD in biomedical sciences, She was sliding trays from her cooler into freezer shelves jammed with virus samples. I asked her why she had put her studies on hold to go hunting the coronavirus. Quote, who else would do it? She said. We now have the first case study. It shows how Hannah Retallick and her colleagues inside the Chan Zuckerberg biohub might dig us out of the mess we have gotten ourselves into. Seven weeks ago, researchers at the University of California, San Francisco offered to test For COVID 19, everyone who either lived or worked in a fantastically diverse four square block area of San Francisco's Mission District, census tract number 229.01. It wasn't, I know, (laughs) it wasn't a simple thing to do. The tract was heavily Latino and wary of authority. An enterprising community organizer named John uh, Jacobo who had grown up in the neighborhood, made sure that each of its 1,400 front doors got banged on at least five times, and that all 4,087 official adult residents, including the small homeless population, were told about the coronavirus test in their native tongue. I don't know, five times each door. That's, at, at a certain point, you gotta, you know. It's like it's the, Too many times. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the, it's like the J-H-W. Um, or JW, not J H W, JW quote, you talk about a PR battle said Jacobo laughing quote. We had people telling us that the virus is a hoax. We had other people tell us it's an ice operation. The, uh, the international, what was it? I can't remember the name of the, the acronym for ice. Um, the, the immigration immigration. I forget what the C is.
0: Immigration. and
2: I have no idea. Anyway, yeah, I split because obviously Latino, they're thinking that they're trying to get him, get him deported or, or we're the Guinea pigs. They're going to test us. Then they're going to test the vaccine on us too. I don't know. These, uh, these guys seem smart. These people (laughs) in that neighborhood, just banging on the doors had been an eye opener. The actual number of people living here is way different from the census count. Said Jacobo one, three bedroom apartment that was meant to be housing five people contained 30 who were using the bedrooms around the clock in shifts. Uh, In the end, roughly 3,000 people showed up to be tested over four days in late April, and the Biohub processed their tests. A bit more than 6% of the Latinos were infected by COVID-19, most with high loads of the virus, though many had no symptoms. There were patterns in the test results, for example, the wealthier the person, the less likely he was to be infected. And Hmm. of the 800 or uh, of the 981 white people tested zero were positive. And so the big take. Yeah. (laughs) And so the big takeaway seems to be that everyone in the past few weeks has figured out or had, uh, what was it? And so the big takeaway seemed to be what everyone in the past few weeks had figured out. The virus is now disproportionately attacking poor people of color and lots of infectious people are walking around without a clue about their condition. But neither of those, it turns out, is the biggest takeaway. The biggest takeaway is in, uh, is this chart, and it has this chart here. Um, kind of complicated if you take a look at it. It's kind of hard to describe just in audio format. So if you're curious to see what this is, uh, well, it gets into the, the, the crux here. What you see here is a portrait of the genetic relationships of all the COVID-19 found in a four-square block area of San Francisco in late April. A few weeks after the results were gathered, I sat in a room at the biohub staring at a version of this image, trying to figure out what it meant. DeRisi and eight of his protégés, Hannah Hanna-Retalex, were beside me, turning their minds to this new problem. The first thing they explained to me was that the viruses mutate in ways big and small, but they make errors in themselves at different rates. A perfectly stable virus, that is, a virus that does not mutate, would leave no meaningful fingerprints. Everyone infected by it would have the exact same virus. The virus genome would be able to say nothing about where they got it, or how, or from whom. On the other hand, if the virus was a lot less stable, if it mutated as some do, many times inside a single person, its fingerprints would be smudged beyond recognition. From the point of view of the virus hunter, or of a virus hunter, COVID-19 is, as DeRisi puts it, quote, "...in the sweet spot." It mutates, once or two, uh, it mutates once every two or so transmissions. Its fingerprints are rife with meaning and easy to track. You can tell where it's, been, where it's been and follow its journey along the way, judging by how it's changed. The starting point of the diagram is not in the San Francisco neighborhood, but in Wuhan, where the virus originated in early December. Zero means zero mutations. Drop in on any cluster of figures in the chart and you begin to see stuff that's nearly impossible for virus hunters to see with the naked eye. Look at the household with the middle annotation. Three people in the same household were infected with the same virus. No big news there. One of them likely gave it to the others. The news is how it entered the household, likely from the mission resident on the same line. He or she had the exact same virus but contracted it earlier, which is why he or she has bodies marked with yellow. Without the genetic connection, you might never have any idea that these people had any sort of relationship at all. Even if a test had identified the person who infected the household, excuse me, and that person was grilled by teams of contact tracers, the connection with the household might never have been made. The person might not even be aware of the connection or might know, uh, or might know it and want to hide it. This is very starting to get very surveillance-y. Yeah. But when we know these people are surely connected, then the question becomes, how? Do they ride the same bus? Are they having an affair? Is it a little kid who happened to have played in a park near the child of a household? How are these things linked? Asked DeRisi as he moved the cursor back and forth. Are they linked by the buildings they are in? By the church they go to? All these things can now be deduced. Before my eyes, the novel coronavirus was being turned into a work of nonfiction. Quote, It's amazing that all these stories fall into place, said Darisi as he scrolls through the chart, moving basically from one week to the next. Quote, the same resident who likely infected the household may have also infected two workers who don't even live in the mission. The household of workers one step further from those residents. It's possible there is one degree of separation between them, that he gave it to someone who gave it to them, but no more than that. How did a person infect those people? You have to stare at this image a bit to see its power. But look hard enough and you'll see that from the virus's point of view, it's a terrifying new weapon to slow the pandemic or I'll add a great way to figure out exactly what everybody is doing even more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: By revealing the genetic relationship between the viruses, the diagram exposes the social relationships between people it infects. Quote, it's basically a spotlight that tells you where to dig, said Darisi. In all of history, we've never had a really clear picture of the spread of the virus. That just changed. This is, I know it's long, we're almost done here. Back in 2003, when the original SARS virus started killing people in Hong Kong at a frightening pace, DeRisi sequenced its genome, but the process was too slow and expensive to be of practical use. Quote, it's 50,000 fold cheaper now than it is, uh, than it was for SARS, he told me. What, costs, uh, what cost me $10,000 to do in 2001 now costs a penny. And so we might now test for the virus in a way that gives us a picture that you can get from more conventional random sampling. Explore how the virus works in one neighborhood and you can apply what you learn to others. Our state government should be doing this, said DeRisi. It should be asking what are our social relationships and which ones lead to the transmission of disease. That's how you would do in a rational society or the technocracy.
0: Yeah.
2: It's growing clear that the coronavirus does not spread in an orderly way. Each infected person might infect two others on average, but most people who get, who get it infect no one. I thought it was interesting that this article would admit that. Most people who get, uh, who get it or get infected infect no one. On the diagram where DeRisi's cursor lingers, he highlights a person with a particular talent for spreading the disease. The genetic information sh- information shows you, you the urgency of getting that person into quarantine, but it does more than that. It has the potential to lead you more generally to the social activity that's spreading the disease. It works the other way too. The approach DeRisi has developed can be used not just to shut things down, but to open them up. Last week in Northern California, a pair of workers at a fish packing plant came down with symptoms of COVID-19. The biohub processed their tests and found both workers had the virus. In an age not all distant from ours, the fish, pack, uh, the fish packing plant, which believed it had taken the measures to keep its workers safe, would have been forced to close, as it would have had to assume that one of the workers had infected the other on the job. But then Joe DeRisi's super cool virus hunters Sequenced the two viruses and showed they were genetically far apart. The two workers had contracted the virus independently and outside of work. The fish packing plant was able to stay open and its workers were able to stay on their jobs. So I know it's kind of a longer article, but it goes into first off the real
0: roller coaster. It is roller coaster of an article. Whatever happened to the sharks? We started wow. out talking about sharks having coronavirus, and then we move on. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm very interested to see if we need to start masking these sharks or not. Well, the um, sharks
2: had to do with the the, the the you know the brains exploding or whatever it was from the, the alleged uh, uh, what is it a fungus or something that was growing yeah. in their brains. But yeah, I know. Yeah, but part how of does it-, it
0: even belong in this thing?
2: Uh, I think it's just it's okay. following the story mm-hmm. of the the lady here. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing that's interesting, that's the Chan Zuckerberg biohub. So this yeah. is kind of a pro, you know, pro type of uh, article pushing the idea that the Chan Zuckerberg biohub is doing great work that sure. everybody in society should adopt these methods in a rational society and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's one part of it, but also, I mean, it's kind of good that they're, able to I guess trace more but at the same time they're looking this is really that whole you know surveillance society thing like way more than before. Before it was kind of like hey where you're going, what you're doing, but this is more like okay, what exactly are the interactions, not just where you're going, but yeah you know what you're what you're doing when you're going to those places, who you're you know, what kind of relationships do you have with these people. It gets really, really invasive. Yeah. Well um, in
0: the in the uh Again, on the roller coaster of this article here and Lady Liberty 17 pointed this out on Twitch, you know, when they were talking about how none of the white people that we tested had the virus, but (laughs) all the black people did. Well, okay. so if if you're trying to say that the disadvantaged poor people and people of color are getting the virus much more, then what's the point of making a law where the white people have to wear masks and the people of color don't have to wear masks again. It seems (laughs) like the other, the other part of the situation,
2: the other part, that's a good point. The other thing is the article is talking about how, Oh, you know, the, the people that are actually, you know, spreading the virus, what are they doing? Are they cheating on their spouse? Are they, you know, what, what kind of social relationships are they having? And to suggest that oh, white people did not get it means that people that are, the the article is suggesting Mm, that the white people, yeah, the white people in the in this neighborhood don't do things that are, you know, uh, that need to be kept secret, like yeah. uh, cheating on their spouse or something like that. You know, it's, it's well, just. I and don't the know. the other else.
0: example given was going to church. Did these yeah. people go to the same church? Yeah. Well, these guys <laughs> in a fish packing plant didn't give it to each other, so we can keep the fish packing plant plant open. But these people going to church, they might be
2: spreading the disease. Yeah, so it really is just a whole slew of, uh, I don't know, a surveillance state to the max. More nonsense. More, yep. more nonsense. State. And it, it really, the the warnings about the technocratic scientific elite, I mean, this is it right here. You know, this, this, is, this is how the excuse of a virus was always going to be used to, to really up the surveillance state. And this is that next level where they can really get into... Every little nook and cranny of what you're doing because the Rona. Fear the Rona. Yeah. You know,
0: another is, uh, example of how, uh, you know, you read these articles who are keeping us up to date, keeping the people safe and informed about coronavirus. And all it does is propose more uh, disturbing questions than it does answer anything. Yeah. Got coronavirus sharks, and uh, <laughs> we're not making the most at risk people. Uh, allegedly, you know, making it so they we're encouraging them not to wear masks because, right. you know, they could they could uh, be in more danger wearing a mask. Although I just can't believe that. But yeah. All right. There you go. That's uh very enlightening again that whole article is quite the the roller coaster but piece by piece when you take a look at it individually it's just one uh deception is not the word i'm looking for but it's it's just one uh uh, sort of incongruency after another
2: right right and it, it goes hand in hand with the the rest of the covid uh stories we have here so
0: yeah well yeah speaking of which uh let's hit this next story COVID.
1: I'll keep you warm and safe in my people zoo.
0: That's right. Let's stay all nice and safe in our people zoo. And one example of that, this is on consequenceofsound.net. It's like a music mm. news uh, outlet. And the article is titled, A Herd Immunity Rock Festival is Happening in July. Static right. X, Nonpoint Dope, and more to play. So, <laughs> So much for no tours or festivals until 2021. The three-day Herd Immunity Fest (laughs) has just been announced, taking place July 16th through 18th, 2020. That's right, 2020. The Ringle, Wisconsin, uh, or in Ringle, Wisconsin. Ringle, Wisconsin. Never heard of that Hmm. place. Static X, Nonpoint, Dope, Bobaflex, Royal Bliss, and more are coming. The band's set to play are among the band's... I gotta make my font. Bigger. <laughs> Which bands
2: do you know out of this list? I only I've know one
0: static X I've heard of Royal bliss, but I couldn't pick them out of a crowd.
2: Yeah. static X is the only one I remember from way back in the day. The lead singer had this crazy hair. It uh-huh. was like straight up, you know, do you, I don't sure. know if you remember that guy, but
0: yeah, I do I not, but I trust you. I trust your memory. <laughs> uh, middle. The mini fest will only feature a total of 15 bands spread out over three days, and will take place on an outdoor stage at the Q and Z Expo Center. If it goes off as planned, it would likely be the first rock festival featuring national touring acts to take place since the pandemic started. When mm. a post a, or a posting from the festival's promoter on the Q and Z Expo Center Facebook page page reads quote when the lockdown first happened my first thought was okay we can all do two weeks then it went on and on things were getting canceled i started to worry about people not only for this covid but mental physical and financial Uh, as humans we need other human contact the statement continues music in itself is great but the live streams as i am sure you all know is just not the same we need live we'll do it live Feel it to the bones run shivers up your spine. Uh, (laughs) Music (laughs) with people around us. Takes us all, uh takes us all away on a trip that unless you have felt it, you don't understand. So it's our honor to bring you this mini-fest. Let's make it a fun, safe weekend, and let's be kind to each other. Spread the word by sharing the event and invite your friends. The festival has been confirmed by several of the bands, Static X, Dope, Royal Bliss, and others, uh, each making the announcement on their respective Facebook pages. Update, June 24th, live update. Nonpoint dropped off the bill once they heard the festival's name. <laughs> <laughs> Bad PR. Yeah. And Some the festival the itself crew. has ditched the herd immunity name following backlash. Uh, uh, also on the bill, uh, they talk about more bands on so, the bill So what are they there? calling it? Um, I'm looking around. Let's see. Festival announcement comes as a surprise. Mid-health experts suggesting that concerts and festivals won't return in earnest until fall of 2021 or at least until the COVID-19 vaccine is developed and implemented. That said, veteran rocker Sammy Hagar just said he'd be willing to get sick and even die to get the concert industry going again. (laughs) Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled against a stay-at-home order in May, prompting Governor Tony Uh, Everest to call his state the Wild West with no lockdown in place. Ah, Yeah, interesting. So there you go. They ditched the herd immunity concert, which I don't know why that would be such a big deal. I mean, herd immunity is a good thing. That's the whole reason, uh, you know, you have chicken pox parties and the whole point of vaccines, uh, as uh, indicated by Daddy Fauci, is to create herd immunity. So, you know, this is a healthcare festival, mini festival, but apparently that triggered too many people. So they had to change it. But I think this is a good idea. I mean, this is the way I mean, (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. We'll see how it turns out, uh, whether it's a good idea or not. But, you know, that's that's the route that uh, Sweden took. You know, they said, oh, we're not going to do a lockdown because we want to create herd immunity. That's the only way to keep uh, societies safe from disease. And so you know, we'll see. We'll see how this works out. But apparently, it was too edgy. The name was too
2: edgy. And they're uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good marketing thing for the masks too. They have the "See You in the Pit" eventually masks on sale. Eventually, for thirty that's bucks funny. for a pair. So wow, yeah. that's a, that's an expensive mask. Have yeah. you
0: seen? Uh, kind of off topic, but there's been uh, articles floating around about the COVID-19 essentials uh, store that opened up in a mall in Florida.
2: I did. I saw some pictures. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty
0: funny. A bunch of mannequin heads with different yeah. uh, styles <laughs> different of masks, masks and it's all marked up with crazy margins, you know? Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's a business opportunity for some
2: people. I know. Pretty, pretty sad and ridiculous, but you know, if, uh, if, if, we're going to go with the... Uh, well, this is interesting also with this concert thing because I don't know if, if these bands are towing any kind of political line. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but if they are, it would be interesting because um, depending on what they peddled, it might be the worst thing in the world or it's totally fine because uh, we got one little short story here. Corrid. This is another article making the rounds. The hill.com black lives matter. Protests have not led to spike in coronavirus cases report. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't think we have to even read the article. I'll no. just read the, the story at a glance. A new study examines the movement of people in cities where protests have occurred versus where protests did not occur. Researchers found no significant increase in cases following the protest. So, There you go. If you're doing social justice, then, uh, Hey, no problem. No problem. Get out there, do your thing. But if you're doing the uh, virus,
0: the virus only spreads at Trump rallies and rock concerts, (laughs) uh, does not spread at protests, And uh, especially because the people of color at protests uh, don't need to wear a mask. So that's the secret. Apparently, the secret to defeating COVID is to gather in uh, tens of thousands and not wear masks. Something called herd immunity, apparently.
2: (laughs) I should say, uh, you know, I used to have a vaccine jingle that had the herd immunity in there. Let me see if I could pull it up here. Okay.
0: Yeah, you see that. Um, let's see. I'm going to browse through this article, see if there's anything specific.
2: I think this is it here. Let me see if this is it.
1: We should all just vaccinate.
0: Herd immunity. Get your shots on.
2: Get your shots on.
0: Yeah. We find no evidence that urban protests reignited COVID-19 case growth during the more than two and a half weeks following the protest onset. The researchers write, we conclude that predictions of broad negative public health consequences of Black Lives Matter protests were far too narrowly conceived. So there you go.
2: So the the RONAS is disproportionately Going after people of color, but also they don't have to wear masks because of racism.
0: It used to be that you had to pay a lot of attention and really pick out the uh, the double speak, the reverse uh, (laughs) mind, uh, the the mind control, the double speak, the double speak, the thought police. You know, you really had to look deep into these articles to pick it out and now it's just oh yeah. it's just in your face you know it's it's you kind
2: know? of like you know we've been saying this before but what used to be satire like mm-hmm. even 10 years ago in 2010 what we would look at a headline and be like oh that's satire you know now yeah. it's just normal headlines
0: <laughs> well yeah you know it's funny because the babylon b uh beloved satirical christian news site you know they would make fun of a lot of this stuff saying i mean they pretty much had an article titled coronavirus uh you know spreads quickly in churches but gathering for protest is totally safe and that was early on when it was when it was satire and now it's not actually satire right babylon (laughs) b is is slowly transforming into an actual news site
2: yeah there was a pretty funny uh, Babylon B this morning that I saw that I wanted to maybe pull up if I can find it, but we don't have to. It's just one of those. It's um, a good
0: time if you yeah if you find it. Um, but let's uh, let's get down into some Chaz stuff and some uh, some more Race War stuff and then some CRISPR. But before that, guns, let's take a quick break.
2: Quick break. Uh oh oh. It's been-
0: Take a break. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere, people. We got some uh, some updates, some really big updates going on at the Chaz or CHOP, the uh, Seattle Autonomous Zone, as well as some CRISPR updates, some very important stuff to follow about CRISPR. Um, so stick around in just a minute. We're going to get back into the stories, but we just want to take a quick break and thank some of our new Twitch followers, Gonzo. Ready to go. Um, for... Th- for those who uh, have listened to the show for at least a couple episodes, you know that we're trying to hit some goals over on Twitch uh, to help us support ourselves during this time. But also, it's uh, it's a good backup because YouTube has made a, a habit of demonetizing, taking down videos, interrupting streams, stuff like that. So as a backup, we recommend everybody go to twitch.tv slash CanaryCryRadio. Uh, we'll pop the link in the chat there for anybody. Anybody who wants to make the switch um, And as a thank you we want to uh, Give a shout out to some of our new followers Now Gons we, we got a very Angry message uh, Yesterday or the day before that um, Unfortunately from a producer Of the show uh, Who was very upset That we uh, take the time to Thank uh, people on the show For supporting and following um, This person was A, a, a supporter themselves and uh, they, they were very upset that we didn't put out an an extra edited episode just for, well, them or whoever doesn't want to hear us thank people who support the show. And they they very quickly stopped supporting the show after that. So I'm here to trigger everybody who uh, doesn't <laughs> like us appreciating uh, people who support the show. Um, so here we go. Get ready to get triggered, everybody. Gonzi you got your dinger dinged? ding ding ready okay here we go i'm going to just zoom through some of these are very funny so uh you'll see first of all we got deli of doom thank you deli of doom soe not thanks soe not for following us <laughs> herb handler or herb handler nice thank you very much rebecca is waiting for rapture very good there you go waiting around all? where has my basil gone <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that one. Good. That's good. Where is my basil guns? Uh, Junior Five Rider. Thank you, like Junior it. Five Rider. This is a good one. Big Daddy Basil. Meow meow. <laughs> 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 uh, then we have pseudonym, 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 pseudonym. Thank you, pseudonym. Uh, Miguel caros jr thank you miguel Carlos jr jen and tv jen and tv revive mm-hmm. us again thanks for the follow revive us again uh i leone thank you what? i leone joy teaser and uh just a white. tease
2: what just a tease of joy yes, not full full joy it. just a tease yeah
0: and then uh white wave thank you very much white wave right. um Let's see here. Hold on a second. Holy smokes. Oh, no. Did you Sorry. VR. No. Whoa, this is incredible. No, I just refreshed the page of followers to see if we had any new ones. Uh, and we do. Um, I'm going to speed through. I'm going to keep speeding through. Okay. Here we go. Cold reads. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Romans 5. Thank you. I'm a horrible person. Romans 5. Ezekiel the paladin. Egypt 911 mm. DJ Peace. Sir this is a good one. Follow Canary Cry Radio. I like that one. Great username. Uh ooh. F Tkaralar Uh Airfall Gun. Orkanmani. Fakan Kurlik Anil Duran spinsters just want to have fun oh, no. Wow <laughs> fire sticks I like it oh this is a great one uh double chin nephilim <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: And Spliff some Roland. Reference.
0: Thank you very much, Spliff Roland. Thank Spliff you guys Roland. so much for following Spliff us over Roland. on Twitch. We hope you are enjoying it. Please watch the show if you can on Twitch. Helps us out quite a bit. It's the easiest way to support the show. Um, and But if nothing else, uh, it's a good backup because you never know when we're going to disappear off of any of the platforms. So thank you very much, all of our new followers. Thank you for watching the show. And uh, we will be thanking some new producers of of the show later on. So stick around for that. Um, as well as Gants, we have another nighting to do today. We do. I
2: know. That's right. The
0: round awesome. table, the canary cry round table of knights and dames continues to grow. Yes. Am okay. I supposed to add to that? No, but, uh, since we're on it, let's get back into the show.
2: Let's do it. Hold on. What are we going into? Oh, we're going into some, uh, Remember, here we, we have
0: our out of we have our out of break jingle though. Oh right, 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 in. right, right. Here we go. Yes, it's wake up
2: time. <laughs> hey y'all, wake up!
0: Wake <laughs> up! Wake up! <laughs> this out is there. just a little. Let's see a little alarm for uh, the listeners who just take the take the break it's as a now. moment
2: to take a little nap. Yeah. Okay. So we have uh, along the same lines here. The race wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you.
0: Cancel closure. Gotcha.
2: Boom. Boom. Uh Uh-oh. Continue without disabling. This is uh, WND.com. Tear them down. BLM says Jesus statues are white supremacy. We did it. We uh, finally
0: made it. It only took a day (laughs) from... That uh, I forgot his name, the leader of some conservative group, saying, "Oh, they're tearing down Confederate statues. It's only a matter of time before they call for
2: the removal of Jesus statues." Uh, and I think it happened on the same day that we went live. I, I think yeah, we just missed I, the article. I saw it
0: the day after, but it could have been could have been on the same show day. So yeah. here we go. Here's the update, and it's happening. Yeah,
2: Black Lives Matter activist Sean King called Monday for the removal of statues murals and stained glass windows that depict Jesus as a white European, which he claimed are a form of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Quote. Yes. I think the statues of the white European they claim is Jesus should also come down. King, a former surrogate of Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, 2020 presidential campaign wrote on Twitter. They are a form of white supremacy. Always have been. King's targeting of religious artwork comes uh, as various activist groups have moved beyond tearing down Confederate statues and are, and are now calling for the removal of other historical monuments. Uh, in the bio, quote, in the Bible, when the family of Jesus wanted to hide and blend in, guess where they went? He added, Egypt, not Denmark. Tear them down.
1: <laughs>
2: Sean King there. Quote, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. King wrote in a second tweet. They are a gross form of white supremacy. A spokesperson for King didn't immediately return a request for additional comment. So uh, there you go. Wrongfully yeah. depicting Jesus as a, as a white man
0: yeah and you know our response to that which we'll just reiterate uh, for any new listeners here you know the, the talk about tearing down uh, confederate statues personally I don't have any connection to uh, the south or, or confederate stuff so uh, you know my original stance was hey yeah you know this erasing of history stuff isn't that cool because of the 1984 you know type uh, agenda and stuff like that then the point was made um, about well Satan is a big, you know, historical figure as far as Christian history is going, but it would be very strange if we had a bunch of, uh, you know, statues of Satan up there and got mad if people were tearing them down. Of course, we would want to tear those down. In fact, there are statues of Satan across yeah, the country. I wouldn't mind, uh, and wouldn't mind those getting taken down. But the the long story short is that, you know, uh, statues of jesus i mean that isn't jesus but personally we're not you know we're not big fans of we don't need iconography uh statues or paintings or anything of jesus who as we know was uh well one prevailing theory being that uh, that image was the nephew of uh, a pope his name was caesar borgia something like that yeah, that's where the traditional white Jesus uh, sort of image came from, from one of the pope's nephews. Uh, that that's a dip- disputed. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, it comes much later. There reading. there are yeah. earlier depictions of Jesus from Rome that show him as more Roman and. In- in yes, the hue, right. if you right. will so
0: so but the long story short being you know if you're a christian you don't need a statue of jesus to worship in fact yeah. there you know depending what flavor you are uh you know a statue of jesus might actually be a, a negative thing but long story short here this is including um stained glass windows and things like that. But it's finally happening. Uh, Jesus is racist and we need to
2: tear down the statues, apparently. (laughs) This this Jesus is racist. I'm going to throw in this uh, real quick. This is a Babylon Bee headline. With statues gone, pigeons forced to poop on rioters. (laughs) That's next. That's funny. And then they're going to call the uh, pigeon poop racist because, you know, a lot of it is white. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm ahead. I'm ahead. (laughs) I'm 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 on the wall. We watch. Resident person of
0: color. you are. are (laughs) I'm just warning you guys. (laughs) Finally (laughs) tuned to spot the uh, the racism
2: everywhere it pops up.
0: Um. Okay. Anything else to say about that?
2: No. Okay. We all get the uh, absurdity that is at hand. The 1984, uh, both in the the COVID 1984 and the. uh, tearing down of statues and everything else, you know, cause it, I'll say this, you know, one of the things with the, with the imagery and all this kind of stuff, it still is part of history, you know, right. So I, the argument, I, I kind of fall in the middle where I don't, I understand, you know, this the sentiment to want to tear down statues to you know, not understand or agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's also part of our history, regardless of whether you agree with something or not. Uh, unless it's it's blatantly being used to, as a piece of worship, um, in which case, you know, we can have arguments about whether that should be torn down or not based on some Old Testament uh, things going on with tearing down, uh, you know, high places and stuff. But other than that, you know, in terms of the historical value for these things, whether they come across as European looking Jesus or not, it's just kind of dumb to because what are you gonna okay great we tear down all the Jesuses that look like he's european so so what the world is better now is are we in a better <laughs> society because of that or, Gons. or what
0: oh guns, guns, guns. you've questions. obviously been brainwashed uh, by the white supremacists so oh,
2: yeah I'm, I'm complicit with the uh the yes. white folk i yeah.
0: don't know man yeah, yeah I, I mean yeah we have we have different views on that and that's okay um But let's see here. Well, I had another point, but I forgot it. I got distracted by chat, so we'll just have to wait for it. (laughs) Oh, um, actually, I'm surprised in chat. I was a little afraid about, uh, you know, not being... Uh, angrier about all the statues getting taken down, whether they're of Confederates or of Jesus or whatever. Mm. Um, but uh, seems like a lot of people in chat are are on the same page, and that's uh, that's cool. I don't know. It it reminds me, not reminds me of, but you know, to put it in another, uh, you know, sort of another uh, perspective. The one thing in the generation that, you know, that I, you and I grew up in, the one sort of statue taking down uh, uh, image that I have in my mind is when they pulled down the statue of Saddam Hussein.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, if you want to take the historical uh, approach to why keep statues up, well, then why are we tearing down statues of Saddam Hussein? Hussein. (laughs) Oh no, the show burps are coming on. Um. Anyways, you know, just just people not wanting uh, the the icons of an oppressive past being uh, put in their face every time they're driving around. But there you go. We'll keep you. I liked the. uh, I there's a meme going around uh, of people posing by different statues, and it was titled, uh, you know, tired of persecution. The statues are starting to fight back. And it was these people, you know, <laughs> pretending to get hit or stomped on by statues. Very funny.
2: Um, uh, you know, I, I will say this though, the statue of the, the article on this WND article, the statue of Jesus himself depicted as a Europe, a white European. Yeah. Is, it's, it's, brown. The whole thing is brown. <laughs> right. It's a, so if we're going th- to talk about color <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Chaz guns, cause we got some big updates on Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone.
2: Get in the zone, Capitol Hill Auto Zone, Chaz. That's right. Spanx. Chaz.
0: Oh, I always step yeah, on the Yeah, you always step on. I'm okay, gonna do it one I more time.
2: So okay. so people get the full effect <gasps> of the jingle. Get in
0: the zone! Capitol Hill Auto Zone. Chaz. Thanks. There it is. Thank you. Oh, I, I've remembered what I was going to mention, uh, in the, okay. about the last article real quick. Um, again, just responding to what I'm seeing in the, in the chat there, you know, uh, somebody made the point that tearing down statues of Jesus, you know, it's just the beginning of Christian persecution. Um, and I can totally understand that, uh, that, uh, you know, line of thinking, although somebody else in the chat report retorted with, yeah, Jesus said we are going to be persecuted it should come as no surprise and there's probably no way to stop it. Uh, since so it is written. So it shall be. And, and Um, plus
2: the the point, and I talk about revelation 13 a lot and the image uh of the beast. And one very specific point is that the, the people of the world are deceived into building the image of the first beast. They're being, they're told by the false prophet to build it and everyone builds it. So yeah, you know, there's like this reverse, there's a, there's definitely like a, uh, a herd or a hive mind type of situation with the end times. And this is sort of the, maybe the beginnings of that in terms of, uh, tearing everything down so that, uh, once everyone is in compliance, they can build the actual image of the beast itself. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> and, uh, there are some flat earthers in the, in the chat there saying we need to tear down all the globe statues.
2: Oh, well, hey! You know that's there we
0: go. It's that's, that's a, a racing that's a whole history. Other thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a racing history.
2: <laughs> okay, wow. all right. Yeah. Back okay. to
0: Chaz. Back back to Chaz Chop here because this is a big Chaz one. Chop. Chaz Chop. You, so this you is spelled a-
2: shop. On the Facebook post there, by the I way. I know, a little bit of uh,
0: typos there. What can I say? I was, I was going quick. This is from Q13Fox.com. So it's a local, I believe a local uh, Seattle outlet here. And the QA. article is titled... S- what? Sorry, go on. I said the QA. Q- Uh, uh, Seattle will move to dismantle CHOP, which is the alternate name for jazz, uh, protest zone, Mayor Durkin says Uh oh, Uh -oh. Durkin's uh, making moves Uh, Faced off faced with growing pressure to crack down on an occupied protest zone following two weeks of shootings. Uh, As we've reported, lots of violence and shootings have uh, started happening recently. Uh, Seattle's mayor said Monday that officials will move to wind down the block's long span of city streets taken over two weeks ago that President Donald Trump asserted is run by anarchists. Mayor Jenny Durkin said the violence was distracting from changes sought by thousands of peaceful protesters opposing racial inequality and police brutality she said at a news conference that the city is working with the community to bring the capitol hill occupied protest zone or chop to an end and that police soon would move back into a precinct building they had largely abandoned in the area durkin also vowed to address some of the protesters demands uh, including investigating more black communities Investing, investing investing investing, more black communities, real white privilege coming
2: through there, Basil.
0: I know it's my privilege (laughs) is showing. Okay, let me start that whole paragraph over. Durkin also (laughs) vowed to address some of the protesters' demands, including investing more in black communities, reimagining policing in cooperation with community leaders, and pushing for accountability measures and statewide reform of police unions. The mayor did not give an immediate timeline for clearing out the occupation but said, quote, additional steps would be examined if people don't leave voluntarily. Yeah, good luck with that. With scores of people camping in a park in the protest zone, Durkin said peaceful demonstrations could continue, but nighttime disorder had to stop. Quote, The cumulative impacts of the gatherings and protests and the nighttime atmosphere and violence has led to increasingly difficult circumstances for our businesses and residents, Durkin said. The impacts have increased and the safety has decreased. A shooting Sunday night was the second and less than 48 hours at the edge of the zone which is named for a capitol hill neighborhood near downtown seattle and emerged during nationwide protests over the killing of george floyd at the hands of minneapolis police the 17 year old victim oh i didn't know the victim was 17 that's too bad the 17 year old victim was shot in the arm and declined to speak with detectives police said Oh, snitches get stitches, guns. Yeah. Gunfire early Saturday left a 19-year-old man dead and another person critically wounded. The victims were taken to a hospital by volunteer medics in private cars, and police said they were met by a hostile crowd that prevented them from immediately getting to the scene. It was not apparent if the shootings had anything to do with the protests. Gunfire sometimes occurs in the neighborhood, especially on warm summer nights. Protesters cordoned off the several-block area near the police's east Precinct after Seattle riot squads unleashed tear gas, pepper spray and flashbangs on large crowds of mostly peaceful protesters, drawing condemnation from many city leaders and a federal court order temporarily banning the use of the weapons on demonstrators after police largely abandoned the building. okay, so we're going into the, the whole history of the Chaz Chop Zone here. Um, At night, however, the atmosphere has become more charged with demonstrators marching and armed volunteer guards keeping watch. Uh, Yeah, we know that. We've been following that. Uh, Here's a quote that uh, chop area is attracting this kind of activity and it's unsafe Taylor said in a Facebook video, I told them all these people that were supporting you guys, they're going to start walking away from you, especially all those white people that were following you. They don't want to be associated with any part of that violence. Uh, Former U.S. Rep representative dave reichert a republican who previously served as sheriff in the county where seattle is located also called on the city to take back control quote elected officials have abandoned the rule of law and their oath to protect and defend our communities he wrote in an opinion piece for washington state wire a website devoted to state political views quote they have abandoned their law-abiding citizens and have been cowardly uh, bullied into surrendering the east precinct and multiple city blocks so there you go they're they're claiming that they're going to start retaking uh, the Chaz chop area. i I can't imagine that the protesters are going to uh, let that happen peacefully, you know you you when you back down like that and you give give up some territory, it becomes increasingly difficult to take it back. Um, and especially without, you know, violent means. If people just don't leave, it's another opportunity for the the tear gas to fly, and that could uh, end up being dangerous. Um, but the whole thing has been dangerous. It's just, I'm sure some people are disappointed.
2: Yeah, and of course we reported on Trump saying that he's going to take care of the situation if the local authorities don't. So I mean, th- this is putting all these local officials in. Uh, between a rock and a hard place you know they're trying to keep everybody safe but at a certain point if they're not going to do something about it then you then you're going to have a, a bigger police state situation at hand here with the, the bigger guns coming in so to speak so i don't know yeah maybe she's trying to keep it trying to dismantle if- it in a peaceful way or i mean as peaceful as possible i suppose obviously yeah, everybody well- wants that
0: We'll see. That'll be very interesting. We'll have to follow the story. And of course, Durkin and uh, the governor Inslee uh, had some strong words to retort to Trump talking about, uh, you know, sending in the military um, after they gave up the area. So, uh, you know, she there's been some they took some hard stances and we'll see if they're able to take back the area uh, without igniting more flames. I I'm having a hard time believing that that's possible.
2: I think she should get on a horse and just walk in, you know, like, uh, I don't, what movie am I thinking of? I don't know. (laughs) About a person on a horse? (laughs) No. (laughs) Seabiscuit. No, but like, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) but she, you know, without any weapons or anything, she, she has to walk in herself to talk to, uh, to Raz or, and you know, whoever else is in there to try to, to come to some kind of agreement.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I I'm a little disappointed that they didn't give a timeline um, because I want to know when to when to tune in and see what starts happening. But <laughs> you know, uh, you know what
2: I've thought about too. Mm-hmm. We we often talk about the level of surveillance technology that exists, and the the elite elite must be sitting in their little bunkers or whatever and pointing whatever you know, sky eyes they have in locations like this and right, keeping track of what's going on. And, I mean, they, they you know, the elite, they have a lot of power, obviously. We don't know who exactly they are in terms of uh, names. I, you know, we know the names of the Rothschilds and the George Soroses and those types of people and the Bill Gates and all that. But but we know that, like, the, the real powerful people in this world, they're not really public. And so hmm. I'm, I'm really yeah. curious what their sort of uh you know chess moves are in terms of some of the stuff too well and it's gonna be interesting
0: especially with all the threats of uh uh, you know, martial law that have come over the past few months. We've had like two or three martial law scares, first for coronavirus, then for the protests and for this and that. And uh, this, you know, and Trump pretty much outright threatening martial law uh, in response to uh, this Chaz Chop area. But, you know, you always got to keep an eye out for martial law being uh implemented now, uh, I, it seems like the mayor is trying to avoid that, but you never know, man, if it's one of those things where you kind of, uh, you know, people involved in this autonomous zone or the occupied protest area, um, you got to be careful because. Like if force does get involved, it's going to be dangerous and it's, they're going to achieve their, their goals. And it's
2: just a matter of the military is going to come in. They're going to win. Like it doesn't matter what you have going on, what kind of, whatever they're going to win in terms of taking over or taking back the, the property. Right. So any resistance that they find, they're going to, they're, yeah, I don't know, man, it's tough. Yeah, I don't want to see any of these people. You push you know, them to
0: the, the uh, to the edge. There, that's what you're going to get. Uh,
2: the protesters, the the you know Raz, all those people. I don't want any of them to get hurt. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to see any oh, of yeah. these people well, be yeah, in a situation where they hurt have anymore. to well hurt anymore. But also because if it's, if it gets to that mar, or uh, you know martial law military type of situation, they're just going to mow them down. You're going to have yeah. like a lot of casualties. Yeah, and
0: that's going <laughs> to spark more violence and issues across the whole country it's a, it's a set of dominoes is really what it's come down to is this yeah. whole thing starting you know i would say starting on uh, you know january 1st and then starting with kobe then coronavirus murder hornets uh then riots basically there's been a a line of dominoes that are set up and the problem is once you once the dominoes start falling there's no way to stop it and that's yeah. kind of where we're at. There's no choice. Everybody's thrown their hats over the, their respective fences. And, uh, you know, they they have to take back the chop, Chaz. They're not going to let it go. Then f- police force and, God forbid, military force will be used, which will then spark the next round of uh, riots and protests against mil- martial law. And then, uh, you know, it's... it's, it's there's not. I'm. I would like to try to take an optimistic view of things, but I just uh, am having a hard time uh, seeing where in the falling line of dominoes. You know, if you can take one out fast enough, uh, then you can stop it. But I just don't think it's going to happen that way.
2: Yeah, Falcon Man Racer in the chat said, uh, "This is YouTube." Said a well-organized militia would easily best the military, and huh. you know, I. I used to think that too. I used to think, you know, the, the people can always overcome, but you know, we're talking about the technocracy here. That's why I was talking about the elite behind the curtain, so to speak, the people you don't see. Yeah, man, if they have, if they have dues directed energy weapons, I don't care how many people are gathered to fight the government. They're just going to blast everybody.
0: Yeah. And and we've talked about arms.
2: Yeah. They just uh, have technologies that are way beyond what your common citizen can get. And yeah, so you know, the, the, point, the whole point is regardless of how it, it ends up.
1: Oh, it's a new old order. It's here.
2: The dominoes are falling. That's it's right. This is kind of the reality of the situation here. Yeah.
0: So we'll keep uh, keeping an eye on Chaz Chop there. We'll see what happens. I'm not uh, looking forward to it. And if you are in Chaz chop. I know we had some listeners who lived pretty close by. They, they mentioned Mm -hmm. they were going to try to go in there and get some, some boots on the ground. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if you can do it safely and, uh, you know, not get in the way of any of the violence or anything, then, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I'd be interested in finding out, but, uh, nobody should be putting their way themselves in harm's way for our sake.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that for the show. We appreciate it, but, Certainly not, and uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see what goes on. We're, All we're gonna right. keep tabs on it.
0: Let's. Uh, what do you say we move forward here? What else we got? You can't
2: take the you can't take the oh, that's the old one. Whoa! Where's, yeah, where, where's the
0: missing some, uh, some missing vocals. stuff?
2: Well, let me see if this is. Uh, I think no, that's the baby one. Hold on. I'm going to try to find it here. Do you want to read the story? <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll find the jingle because sure. that was uh, a disappointment. Hold on. Uh,
0: that's okay.
2: Let me see. All here. right.
0: yep, We got uh, a little CRISPR update here. For those who don't know CRISPR, the gene editing uh, technology that's been making waves for a few years. And we believe will play a, a big role in the coming technocracy and the hard decisions when it comes to Uh, tampering with the image here we go this is from npr.org and the article is titled a year in the first patient to get gene editing for sickle cell disease is thriving okay so we've got a medical story like we actually mm
2: -hmm. before you get into this we reported on this uh probably about a year ago saying that they're going to start the testing of CRISPR on people with sickle cell disease so this is kind of like an update for those of you who have been around for a while
0: playing the long game here's your long long long-term update Like millions of other Americans, Victoria Gray has been sheltering at home with her children as the U.S. struggles through a deadly pandemic and as protests over police violence have erupted across the country. But Gray is not like any other American. She's the first person with a genetic disorder to get treated in the United States with the revolutionary gene editing technique called CRISPR. And as the one-year anniversary of her landmark treatment approaches, Gray has just received good news. The billions of genetically modified cells doctors infused into her body clearly appear to be alleviating virtually all of the complications of her disorder. Uh, sickle cell disease quote it's wonderful it's the change i've been waiting on my whole life gray told npr which has had exclusive access to chronicle her experience over the past year sickle cell disease a rare blood disorder that disproportionately affects african americans in the u.s can be difficult to treat effectively the last time npr spoke with gray in november her doctors had just gotten the first hints uh, the treatment might be working now after nine months of careful testing. The treatment shows no signs of waning, making her doctors more confident than ever. The experiment has been a success. Quote, it's hard to put into words the joy that I feel being grateful for a change this big. It's been amazing, said Gray, 34, who lives in Forest, Mi- Forest, Mississippi. Uh, In many ways, it's a change that came just in time, Gray said. In the fall, the National Guard deployed her husband to Washington. And, oh, that's interesting. In the fall, hmm. And then the coronavirus pandemic triggered a national lockdown. Gray was suddenly home alone with three of her kids. Her great aunts, as well as the pastor of her childhood church, died of COVID-19. Friends at her current church have been getting sick. Again, the connection of COVID and church over and over, <laughs> over in and a over. lot of in a lot of unrelated uh, articles it's just being slipped in there church bad if you go to church you, you will die, die and you will kill everybody around you if you go to church uh and then george floyd was killed now of course you know protesting's fine but not church and then george floyd was killed by police in minnesota i feel like everything happens so fast she said it hasn't been easy same girl i feel ya. Uh, If she hadn't had the treatment, Grace said she doesn't know how she'd be coping. Uh, She would have been too weak to care for her children and probably would have been hospitalized at a time when hospitals feel especially unsafe. Quote, since my treatment, I've been able to do everything for myself, everything for my kids. And it's uh, been so it's been joy, not only for me, but for the people around me. That's in my life. She said the researchers conducting the study. Grace started. uh, Oh, my gosh. The researchers conducting the study, Gray, started caution that it too soon to... Am I having a stroke? Is that how it reads to you? (laughs) The researchers
2: conducting the study, Gray, started caution... That it's ah. too soon to reach any firm conclusions Thank about the long-term you. safety and effectiveness of the approach. Thank Continue. you very much.
0: Gray is just one patient who has been followed for what is still a relatively short period of time, they noted. But Gray's experience so far, along with two other patients who received the same treatment for a similar disorder, indicate the therapy has been effective for her and may work for other patients as well, they said. Quote, to, to have it work in this way is extremely thrilling to see and extremely exciting. Said Dr. Haydar Frangoul, a hype man of CRISPR technology. (laughs) Ghoul. (laughs) spooky doctor, uh, of the Sarah Cannon Research Institute in Nashville, Tennessee, who is treating gray. At a meeting of the European Hematology Association on June 12th, Frangoul and other researchers presented the latest results of their latest testing of gray as well as two study subjects with a related condition beta thalassemia the latter also appeared to be benefiting quote it's very exciting wow okay this is like the fifth quote of people <laughs> just saying that this is exciting <laughs> it's good job npr exciting, some CRISPR propaganda <laughs> if you can't get anything else out of this just know it's very exciting <laughs> said dr david Altschuler chief scientific officer at Vertex Pharmaceuticals in Boston which is developing the treatment with CRISPR therapeutics in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Quote, "Patients and families have been waiting a very long time for a highly effective therapy." The company has also revealed that a second sickle cell patient has been treated as part of their research program along the th- with three other beta thalassemia patients. The promising results are also encouraging other doctors and researchers who hope CRISPR may also lead to new treatment. Treatments For many diseases, studies have already tested CRISPR to treat cancer and a rare genetic condition that causes blindness. CRISPR enables scientists to make changes in DNA much more easily than before. Quote, I think this is a huge leap for the medical field. Feng Gu told NPR in an interview. Uh, sickle cell disease is caused by a genetic mutation. OK, OK, let me browse through here. Um, unless you wanna hear exactly what sickle cell is gons.
2: I'm okay. I think most of our audience are probably at least uh as a peripheral view of what that yeah. is yeah, so it's it uh then they
0: go into a few paragraphs here of uh the the sort of uh scienceiness of what uh sickle cell is and how they hope to use CRISPR to fix it um so another f- promising finding. Uh, is that a biopsy of Gray's bone marrow cells found more than 81% of the cells contained the intended genetic change needed to produce fetal uh, hemoglobin indicating the edited cells were continuing to survive and function in her body for a sustained period. Um,
2: (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm skipping down to the bottom and I'm uh, looking for more quotes. And the quote from Gray is it's a very big deal for me. It's a huge change.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a Trump. Speech. I'm hoping
2: I was hoping for more. Yeah, I was hoping for more. I don't know. I, I, we get it. She's it's excited. Go. It's good that it's helping her. And we've wow. talked about the implications of you know, the long-term implications versus the short term and helping people with uh, diseases or other uh, health issues yeah. with CRISPR. So this is that example of seeing how this type of technology, the CRISPR tech uh, can help people that have these, uh, these conditions and stuff. And you know, you got to be for that in terms of uh, making people feel healthy and stuff. It's just the, uh, the slippery slope. Well, where where does that take us?
0: And you know, and the one of the biggest problems that we're seeing with CRISPR, and of course, there's been articles out recently uh, with CRISPR being used on human embryos being tested in right. the United States, and uh, caused huge amounts of unintended sort of cascading consequences. Uh, enough so that one of the lead researchers came out and said, "Nope." Everybody, stop! Nobody should do this. This is a horrible idea. Right. Um, but this sickle cell patient, Gray, you know, this was one of the first long-term uh, experiments for you know the medical uses of CRISPR, in particularly, and so you know, it is exciting that it's uh, you know curing this uh, this disease that is, to my knowledge, considered incurable. Um, But when you now, if you really think about the details uh, of the paragraph, I just read that 81% of the cells in her bone marrow uh, are replications of the CRISPR edited gene. And it's yeah. really interesting because, you know, we're not uh, genetic experts. We we do like to keep up with uh, all things genetic news as part of our beat on the show. So I would say that we, we are good at informing ourselves. Um, but, you know, there's an interesting uh, concept here being that you can have multiple sets of DNA replicating themselves in your body. And yeah, we're right. we're a year later uh, on this particular patient, uh, which is a good start to a long term study. Um, but as we've seen in other CRISPR uh, uses and experiments, uh, a lot of times, you know, the the downstream consequences you, when you start messing around with genes, they can start affecting other genes and cause other problems. Now, I didn't see uh, any report of any negative consequences being, uh, you know, a result of this experiment. But, you know, I think it's worth keeping an eye on. And hopefully, you know, we'll pray that uh, she does get to live a long and happy life as a result of this breakthrough. Um, but uh, if there are unforeseen long-term circumstances or consequences of this, uh, it's going to it's gonna say a lot about the viability of gene tampering in general, which on a general level, I think we have a very healthy skepticism of tampering uh, with DNA and the building blocks of human beings.
2: Yeah. And 81% of the cells contained the intended genetic change, you know, indicating the edited cells were continuing to survive and functioning, which shows in this case, a positive type of genetic change, but think about a negative or a a quote unquote enhanced type of genetic change and how quickly it can change, you know, the human body in general, if it's curing this kind of thing now, and let's say we want people to change their, I don't know, eye color or something like that. You know, it's, it's, you can see the effects taking place rather quickly. and, um, And in this case, it definitely created a, a, a spokesperson. It's almost like a, um, a human interest story, a uh, pro-CRISPR human interest story. Uh, at the end here, again, it quotes Gray here. We need this right now more than ever. You know, it's a blessing. It gave me hope when I was losing it. So I feel joy, uh, you know, knowing that there is hope. These are all very, uh, and I get it in the context yes. of life. Rhetorically, it's a
0: rhetorically uh, very positive message here.
2: Right. And these are, you know, you talk to people and I've, you know, known people and I'm sure you have Basil that have had cancer that were very, uh you know, people of God that they, uh-huh. they, they don't lose hope. They don't lose, you know, they, they, they think about the blessings of what they've had or what they've had in life. And, and, you know, it's that whole eternal hope, the hope that's unseen, you know? So it's interesting how there's a, there's a propaganda arm here. If we're going to look at this from that angle where, you're not going to find hope in God. You're going to find hope and, 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 you know, blessings in well, CRISPR.
0: Science is truth guns. <laughs>
2: of course. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. Daddy Fauci is correct.
0: <laughs> so there you go. There's an update on gray, the sickle cell patient that we've been following for about a year. So far, so good. Um, but we'll keep watching. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, this, it, I mean, to my knowledge right now, this is the most effective CRISPR The actually, you know, the most effective or the only effective CRISPR treatment, um, you know, and the most promising uh, medical use uh, that we've seen come out of the technology. And, you know, in a time where the fight for equality amongst uh, or for minorities and people of color like yourself, Gans, um, it's uh, there you go. We have a, you know, sickle cell uh, anemia is traditionally thought of as being specifically an African-American uh, disease, although there are uh, cases of of uh, non-African people having it. But it's, uh, you know, ah, shoot, I don't have it in front of me, but I was doing some looking into it specifically f- about sickle cell in, in context of what we're talking about here. Um, and it has some sort of collection, connection to malaria, Uh, statistically. Hmm. So part of the reason why, you know, uh, uh, people in Africa and those of African descent, they think it might uh, genetically be a response or a malaria defense or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that's relevant right now, but it was just an interesting fact that I, uh, that I found
2: during my Hmm. digging. Interesting. Well, we're we're just going to zap them all with CRISPR. (laughs) CRISPR. Can't take the CRISPR. Oh, Cas9. We haven't actually talked about CRISPR in several episodes, so we have another update here. This one's from the National Science Foundation, the NSF.gov. Light-activated CRISPR enables fast, precise gene editing and detection of DNA repair.
1: Mm-hmm. Talked
2: about the... Uh, um, the luciferase on the quantum dots ah, and all right. that stuff with the light. I don't know that that is directly related, but interesting how light is being used here. Yep. In a series of experiments co-founded by the National Science Foundation, scientists at John Hopkins have used light as a trigger to make quick, precise cuts in the genomic material of human cancer cell lines. The researchers cut the DNA within seconds using a molecular scalpel known as CRISPR and were able to observe how repair proteins arrive at the damaged site and fix it within minutes. Of course, all that all that stuff happened via evolution, right? Right. There's no design here. These uh, little okay. repair okay, proteins come and fix Okay, crazy religious it. person. <laughs> Results of the experiments published in the journal Science not only reveal new details about the DNA repair process— but also are likely, the researchers say, to aid understanding of how this process can cause aging and many cancers. Quote, our new system of gene editing allows for targeted DNA cutting within seconds after activation, says Yang Liu, a member of the team. With previous technologies, gene editing could take much longer, even hours. The powerful CRISPR tool has enabled scientists to change or easily change or edit DNA sequences and alter gene functions and has accelerated research on gene-linked conditions, adapted from a naturally occurring. This is like normal CRISPR stuff, isn't it? Like normal uh, CRISPR knowledge. The I uh, adapted don't know. from the naturally occurring gene editing system found in bacteria. CRISPR uses small sequences of genetic material called RNA as a kind of guide that is coded to match and bind to a specific sequence of genomic DNA within a cell. The CRISPR molecule also contains an enzyme called Cas9 which acts as the scalpel to cut out the DNA sequence. Right. For the new experiments, the scientists modified the CRISPR-Cas9 complex by engineering a light sensitive RNA molecule that allows the CRISPR complex to cut genomic DNA in living cells only when exposed to a particular wavelength of light.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Wow. The team then delivered an electric pulse to cultures of human embryonic kidney cells and bone cancer cells, which opened pores in the cells' membranes and allowed this new fast CRISPR complex, VF CRISPR, to enter. By shining light on the cells, the researchers were able to turn on VF CRISPR oh, and wow. track the amount of time it needed to cut the DNA. They found that more than 50% of the DNA target sites were cut within 30 seconds. This fast trigger enabled them to monitor the subsequent cellular response including DNA repair, as it happened. Quote, timing is everything when studying or modulating the dynamic properties of life at molecular and cellular levels, says Manju Kengorani, a program director in NSF's Division of Molecular and Cellular Biosciences, which funded the research. Quote, with this new CRISPR technology, scientists can get to the right place on the genome at the right time to catch the action. So there you go. That this is new very interesting. And just captivated. to sum
0: that up for people, if you tuned out for a second, basically they uh, added a process within a CRISPR-Cas9 um, uh, treatment or technology that is activated by light. And, uh, you know, when we get into our sort of deeper, crazier conspiracy talks about CRISPR and how it could be delivered to, you know, a mass population, um, you know, through whatever you want, some uh, some uh, water supply, some uh, some uh, chemtrails, some uh, some uh, food supply. You know, now that uh, the FDA's made it so you don't have to put your uh, secret CRISPR ingredients on the label, you know, it could be disseminated that way. Who knows? But uh, yeah, having a delivery system. Uh, deliver a, a Cas9 alteration, uh, a CRISPR alteration to a mass population, and then have it activated with a certain wavelength of light activating a, a big uh, you know group of people for their DNA to change. I don't know. I think now're well, I think you know, we're on to something now guns.:
2: Yeah, you know, and of um, course,
0: the connection between light and Lucifer and things like that.
2: Well, light and Lucifer, but also uh, early. Early people on the YouTube channel and the Canary Cry Radio listeners will remember um, the research of Doug Hamp and uh, his book, Corrupting the Image. And um, he talked about how there are passages. Um, basically, he has an article. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up here. This one's from 2011, Bodies of Light and Atoms Adam's Biophotons. And basically this idea of uh, our resurrected bodies our, our sort of um, eternal bodies are emitting light. Right. And, and um, you know, that, that goes back to the whole face, like the sun, where I got that name, Moses in the desert coming down from uh, the mountain and his face was shining. They had to put a bag on his face and, right. you know, and Jesus, uh, his transfiguration on what I believe was Mount Hermon, same thing. He, he started glowing and stuff. Uh, there's something to that. And it's just interesting how the technology here is starting to tap into even that part of, you know, the biblical narrative of these light bodies, these heavenly bodies. And um, I don't know, it's just a, it's a, it's a rabbit trail to go down if you haven't been down that rabbit trail biblically, but certainly it goes to the, uh, the opposite, the counterfeit as well. Um, and this whole thing, It it's fascinating that they're using light yeah. as part of the, the combination with CRISPR. To go in this direction to see the healing take place and all that. Because DNA, actually, there is light that is emitted from your DNA. That's something that the bio photons. Yeah. Um, that's and something Doug had pointed an out. Interesting
0: connection as well. Uh, Trump, really early on in the lockdown, was talking about uh, using light, injecting light into the veins to kill coronavirus, uh, which sounded so silly. It was at the time, same time that he was talking about the bleach thing where everybody. Uh, misquoted it, saying Trump is telling us to drink bleach. Uh, he also talked about, uh, you know, having light input uh, uh, through IV into a vein, which sounded ridiculous. But then there was actually a group uh, who did it, and uh, it's actually a an, an existing medical um, process. Um, But there was and this was on a mainstream podcast I was listening to. I forget what it was. It was some NPR podcast where they had a group of doctors that actually put in an IV line that shot light through the needle um, and it uh, helped with coronavirus. I haven't heard anything about it since then, uh, but that was one thing that was being uh, attempted. But that's too easy and too cheap. So, you know, the pharma companies can't make any money off of it.
2: Well, you know, uh, you know we, obviously Trump is ahead of the game because... Uh, we will launch
1: a new age!
2: <laughs> launch <laughs> a new age. super-duper missiles. Super-duper missiles. I don't have that pulled up here, ready to go. Yeah. But um, I do want to mention, this is the passage I was looking for. Matthew 13, 43. For all you believers out there, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And man, that's like a whole different, whole different layer to the whole thing as believers. It's like, oh, okay. These scientists, they're trying to figure out, you know, our design, but also, you know, like, what if, what if that's what these CRISPR guys did? You know, well, let's think outside the box a little bit on how we can improve this technology. What are the crazy religious people saying? (laughs) Oh, that we're made out of light. Oh, light and CRISPR. I don't know.
0: Booyah. Did it. Yeah. Found it. Activate. <laughs> Activate. Activate. Okay, Gons, while well, I'm looking at the time here, I think we got just enough time to finish out the show here over the next half hour so we can get you off to your yes. appointments. Yep, and um, But is. before we do that, let's take a very quick break and thank some of our new producers. It's break time. Come on, take, a, take break. a break. That's right. Now, don't go anywhere because after this very short break, uh, we've got uh, some beast system uh, supercomputers over there in Japan. We've also got uh, some CERN updates. You know, we get Ooh. a lot of get a lot of uh, requests to to talk about CERN more. So we're going to be doing that. Um, some uh, you know some casual things like uh, you know growing human organs, um, and. Things like that. Oh, and some neo-Nazis, some Satanist uh, oh, stuff. Always so fun. All the fun stuff to take out. Land, the third. land
2: today's episode on neo-Nazis <laughs> and Satanists. Very good. Yeah, don't all miss right. that that's right
0: so stick around here but before that we are going to thank some of our new producers now let me give you some context because uh, you know you all watch uh, different streamers you listen to different podcasts and you're used to getting hit up for donations you know it's, let, let your podcasters they're all your uh, classic charity cases but that's not how we work around here we work on the value for value model where we put out the show and if you get any value out of it's your opportunity to put value in. And here's the thing that like in the real world, the people who help the show go financially, they're not just donors. They're not just uh, generous, charitable givers. They are producers. I mean, that's just the way of the world. You pay for it. You're a producer. You have some ownership in the show and uh, you have a direct line to help us, uh, you know, f- f- shape the show as we move forward. So Gons, I want to thank uh, some new producers here. Are you Ready? Ready to go. Okay. Here we go. The first one over on patreon.com slash ccnt. Uh, only one producer since last show. And that is Sharon. Sharon C.
2: Sharon. Thank, thank you, you, Sharon. you very much, Welcome. Sharon C.
0: Everybody, you, you must thank Sharon C. For uh, helping produce the show that you are listening to right now. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Let's hop over to patreon.com slash uh, canary cry radio Uh, for those who don't know we do two different shows we have canary cry radio and we have canary cry news talk you are listening to canary cry news talk as you heard in the top of the show Um, but over on the canary cry radio patreon we got a couple more producers well let's see here yeah. yes w- got- when was the last show what day was the last show 22nd 22nd okay so we have one new producer yes. um and that producer is john c thank you very much john c and uh john is he's a shoein', he's pushing for his uh knighthood i think yeah there. so that's very nice thank you very much anybody any uh, new producers over on the patreon guns?
2: Uh, I think we had an upgrade. Did we mention the upgrade from Miss Bomb last time? Yes, we did. Okay. Well, she gets a mention again. There you go. Because we just mentioned it. Thank you, Miss Bomb, for your upgrade. And um, from PayPal—is that what you meant? Not Patreon, PayPal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I should have prepared a little better. Uh oh. I did not. I did not pull up the PayPal prior to uh, the during the prep. Well, while you look that up,
0: I just want to remind uh, our listeners and producers that uh, when it comes to the value for value model, we've had... The opportunity to advertise on the show for quite a while, um, which is the way we're kind of used to the world working, you know, no big deal. We're used to the world working where when we give our trust and attention uh, to some sort of media that uh, we they just turn around and sell us like commodities, like cattle, to uh, corporations for their own personal gain and you know I we believe that that's part of the reason the world is so crazy and why content and information on the internet is uh in trouble because when you take advertising dollars you are them put at the whim of your advertisers when they say they can just pull you know pull their advertising dollars at any moment if you say the wrong thing or think the wrong thing or, uh, you know, even have people who uh, listen to the show, you know, say or do the wrong thing, then they pull pull the money and there you go. You're left in the lurch. And uh, the worst part about that being when content producers feel like they have to tailor their content in order to keep advertisers happy. And that's been the problem throughout the world and uh, the internet, especially. So we decided, you know, the only way to keep our integrity and, uh, you know, not be put in the position where we would need to change a stance or say or not say something uh, so we can keep our precious advertising dollars. That's why we said, uh, no way, Jose. And we are now funded and produced by uh, our producers who are listeners just like you.
2: Yep. And we have, we do have one person who came in as a producer on PayPal. Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy,
0: Thank you very much, Tracy.
2: All right. Go now.
0: A fun part of, uh, our our value for value system is something called the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames. That's right, a a select group of people who have been supporting us for a long time. You know, we're almost we we are in our ninth year of uh, podcasting, and some listeners have been with us that whole entire time. And not only that, they've been uh, they've been supporting us for that time, um, and so we decided we we stole this from a, a podcast called the No Agenda Show, which everybody should check out with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. Um, but uh, don't worry, we got permission, and we love it. This is when a listener slash producer has given. Uh, the equivalent or exceeded the amount of $1,000 of uh, support or more. And, That's a big deal. That is very generous uh, people who believe in the show, who take ownership of the show and help it keep going. And because of that, we want to take the opportunity to honor and thank them in front of everybody uh, for your new night of the Canary Cry Roundtable. And uh, Gans, what do you say we just get right into it?
2: Let's oops. Wrong image. There we go. You have to go behind the curtain to retool. uh, of
0: course, for knighting anybody, we got to take out our our swords here. Here, I'll use a sword today. Let me grab
2: this. There you go. It is. Yep. And, uh, of course, as a man from Japan, I will pull out my katana. The
0: man from Japan. That's
2: right, there we go. Okay, we want
0: to call up Sir Jesse. Please step forward to the Canary Cry Roundtable where we have a seat for you. Thanks to your generous support in the amount of $1,000 or more, we are proud to announce, uh, pronouns rather, you a Knight of the Canary Cry Roundtable. You shall now be known as Sir Jesse, Knight of the Desert. At the Canary Cry Roundtable, where we have the belt of truthful truthiness, the breastplate of righteous righteousness, custom-fit Birkenstocks uh, to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and, of course, we've got adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kitties for cuddling, and if you're hungry, we have fancy feast, wet food, and, of course, fried wormicorns. Welcome to the Canary Cry Knights and Dame's Roundtable, Sir Jesse Knight of the Desert. Welcome with a round of applause in the chat for Sir Jesse. Very good. Thank you very much. And, uh, of course, as always, uh, Sir Jesse, he has a, a, uh, a note to read here, Gons, and some very fun jingle requests. So what do we yes. got?
2: Yes, he said in a note, quote, I discovered the show around 2013 and would lay up all night in bed listening to CCR, Rob Skiba, Steve Quayle, and a whole mess. Other lectures you can't easily scrub from your brain. I've lost my entire church community that I worked and volunteered for over seven years. I've struggled to find any community or fellowship since I felt rejected by everyone and pushed aside by the world as it just keeps going. But God is more real to me than ever before, than I ever thought he could be. And this show has helped me see that. I've gone on to study deeply and love the word of God in a detail I never thought possible. Uh, It is my prayer that this show continues to push people forward on that journey and motivate others like me to go deeper, to discover what the word really says compared to the modern church, what it says about his people, his commandments, and his holy days, Please follow Yahweh before the world, before the church. follow Yahweh at all costs. And uh, he said he had Psalm 197, "The law of Yahweh is perfect, reviving soul, or reviving the soul."
0: There you go. There. very good. <laughs> And uh, Sir, Sir Jesse, as he mentions there, been listening since 2013, very early on. And uh, he made a, a request um, for a jingle from some old school Canary Cry Radio. Actually, we had to go back and dig this up, Gons. Uh, it's been a while. We used to do uh, shorter little bonus episode type things on the Canary Cry Radio RSS feed called Apocalypse Updates. And this, yes. you know, it, I kind of forgot about these and I went back and listened uh, to it a little bit uh, because of Sir Jesse reminding me. And uh, it, I, that, it's kind of the proto uh, Canary Cry News Talk. That was like us doing Canary Cry News Talk before Canary Cry News Talk was a thing. So I think this is a very apt jingle
2: request. Yes. And we'll explain what. You're about to hear his, but here, <laughs> this, but here is
0: the. This is going to trigger some nostalgia <laughs> for old school Canary Cry radio listeners.
1: You're listening to Canary Cry. My life. Apocalypse of to live everything, trying to kill us, but every Cry Radio's here to make you fearful of everything else you don't know, so everybody come, listen to the Apocalypse Update, yeah! World's gonna end, everything is trying to kill you and your friends, yeah, 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 Apocalypse Update! (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, ha, ha.
0: Oh, yes, me and goodness. some of the, the chatters are having flashbacks <laughs> of uh, earlier Canary Cry radio uh, episodes. Very fun. And yeah, the <laughs> you, we kind of had to remember where this even came from. Apparently, uh, I just sung that for some reason just off the top of my head uh, on an episode at some point. And then luckily, we had Gons to uh, put his his sound producing magic on it.
2: Yeah, it, it very, I, I remember you singing it and recording it. And yes, I think it was actually, it might've been on an episode too. And, because uh, we were talking about having a jingle or a theme song for it. Right. And then I think you were messing around and you did it. And then I was able to, to take the pieces and, um, do a lot. And make something beautiful out of it. A, do a lot of, uh, voice Fixing auto keys, Loved lots of auto tune, <laughs> little, little keyboard jingle type thing, a little drum beat. And, and that, that was the result you heard there. So <laughs> thank, you, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank sir Jesse. you, sir,
0: Jesse, for bringing that uh, blast from the past back to the forefront. And again, congratulations, sir, Jesse Knight of the desert. Uh, what is he? Our fourth night, our fourth think member our fourth of the round night. Table? yeah wow Yeah! so cool so cool so thank you very much for your continued support and you dear listeners out there if you're not yet a producer of the show you know you can start working towards uh, your own knighthood just head over to patreon.com slash ccnt where you can sign up to support uh, on a monthly basis or you know a lot of people don't like patreon that's okay you can head to canarycryradio.com slash support
1: slash support
0: That's right. There you can sign up uh, on PayPal for recurring donations or make one-time donation as well. If commitment is not your thing as well as uh, cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun ways to support the show and become a producer because this is the real world, folks. We're not operating on some imaginary podcast land where, you know, people are Uh, you know, donating—it's—it's just wrong. I think the donating—we, you know, we've said it for a long time, but I think the value-for-value model, where if people support the show financially, they are officially a producer of the show. So you can be that too. You get a shout out on the show, and uh, you know, work your way towards knighthood. Now, another great way to support the show is leaving ratings and reviews uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify wherever you listen to the podcast um not live but after after the live feed everybody uh, the show comes out the audio is a much better version um and we recommend everybody subscribe to canary cry radio on your favorite podcast player um because if for some reason the live show doesn't work you can always catch the uh, the podcast version It's where we started and it's uh, what we love to do. So we'll keep doing that. But Gons, we actually had some uh, ratings and reviews come in. So you want to hear some of them? Very good. I do. All right. this, This one is from Rufus the Pig. Hmm. And uh, left this on Apple Podcasts. And Rufus says, so appreciate these guys. I believe it was a five-star rating. Intelligent, funny, and always upbeat. Unlike a lot of apocalyptic news and podcasts, I feel like I genuinely like these guys' personalities. Oh, thanks. And be sure to check out Canary Cry News Talk, Facebook group, Uh, some smart, fun people over there as well as the best memes. That's right. He's referring to the Canary Cry community on Facebook. Um, so check it out join the group we've got a few thousand people listeners of the show in that group um, and you'll be asked a question to join the group you just have to tell us that you listen to the show there's a lot of people who want to join the group who have never listened to the show um, and uh, i don't reject them i just say go listen to the show listen to it then you can join because that's what it's for um yes. so there you go thank you rufus the pig and there's one more from hunter 4 1129. says very informative i like these guys started out listening to Gon's on face like the sun shout out to the face like the sun folks and then watched Gon's and basil on twitch woohoo once you start right. listening it will get you thinking outside the cage and that's the whole point folks if nothing else we're just here to get you to think in a different way Um, so very fun. Thank you very much. And you too can leave a rating and a review. If, uh, becoming a producer is not in the cards for you. And again, we thank all of our producers, including Sir Jesse night of the desert, uh, for keeping the show going. We couldn't do it without you.
2: Yes. And other ways you can contribute to the show. You can provide artwork. Uh, which we have one that we will show on the screen here, and will oh, be yeah. on CanaryCryNewsTalk.com dot com as well. Um, this is the Canary Cry Saga, yes. And uh, this Godspeed
0: is, um, has been creating Godspeed, these, yes. and it is fantastic.
2: Yeah, I told I told the wife, you know, I think we officially made it. We're we're cartoon <laughs> characters, and now we're a whole series of comic books so
0: yes this one uh the canary cry saga this one obviously a reference to the riot control bees yes which in the canary cry saga apparently uh you know riot control b man i don't know if he's on the good guy team or the bad guy team but uh you know he's here to cause havoc and that's from <laughs> uh, canary cry news talk episode 206 if you don't remember the riot control bees <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I beseech yeah. you, please behave.
2: Oh, there you oh, go. Good, good job, the the beekeeper.
0: Uh, so, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Godspeed. You sent that. To and the us. other,
2: the other thing, we always make a call out for people to make jingles for us. And we actually, during the Mother's Day weekend episode, we made a call out for someone to make a mom jingle, like a like an awesome mom. Oh jingle. yeah,
0: we had a bunch of mom stories.
2: Yes, and uh, we didn't get one for several weeks, but we did finally get one this week from Deezer's channel. I know he's in there in the Twitch chat somewhere, and uh, here we go. We're going to play the mom jingle that we can play now anytime we have a, a good mom story.
1: Mother, there is no other. Like mother, so treat her right, treat her right, come on.
0: <laughs> there you go. So I like it. I'm going to be singing that one uh, in between <laughs> shows here. Very good. Thank you so much. And you too uh, can also help produce the show by making jingles. You know, pick out a topic or a segment or something that we talk about on the show uh, for those who have access and t- ability to uh, use some sound. Uh, editing software, uh, make sure to keep it short. Don't use any, you know, music that is owned by a big company. Cause they'll take it down
2: and try not to, the, yeah. we, there's some stuff that kind of slips in from time to time, but yeah, try not to get too crazy with that because, uh, you know, we don't, we don't need any lawsuits because, <laughs> Can't, just can't handle that A right producer now. a producer failed to abide by the law <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there you go very good oh, we have such talented producers gone i know i love we're, it I'm, we're so lucky i can't believe we it we
2: are definitely very happy blessed and uh is that it are we going to move into because i'm I looking think, at the clock and we're, yes. we're, we're running close man. oh
0: yes we need to zoom through the uh, last third part of the show here let's do it speaking of the beast system
2: Alright, so this is Reuters or Reuters. Reuters.com. Fujitsu backed supercomputer with ARM chip ranks as world's most powerful. It's my people. My ah. people, Basil. We're ah. number one now.
0: Yeah.
2: A Japanese supercomputer built with technology from ARM LTD, whose chip design power most of the world's smartphones has taken the top spot among the world's most powerful systems, displacing one powered by International Business Machines Corp. chips. The Fugaku supercomputer, a system jointly developed by Japanese research institute Riken and Fujitsu LTD in Kobe, Japan, took the highest spot on the top 500 list, a twice-yearly listing of the world's most powerful computers, its backers said on Monday. The chip technology comes from ARM, which is headquartered in the United Kingdom, but owed, uh, owned by Japan's SoftBank Group Corp. Uh, SoftBank owning microchips. The previous top-ranked system as of November 2019 was an Oak Ridge National Laboratory in the United States with chips designed by IBM. Chips from IBM and Intel Corp have dominated the top 10 rankings with the lone exception of a system at the National Supercomputing Center and Wuzi Japan, powered by Chinese-designed chips. Governments use supercomputers to simulate nuclear blasts to perform virtual weapons testing. They are also used for modeling climate systems and biotechnology research. The Fugaku supercomputer will be used in such research as part of Japan's society 5.0 technology program Ah. quote. I very much hope that Fugaku will show itself to be highly effective in real world applications and will help to realize society 5.0 Naoki Shinjo, corporate executive officer of Fujitsu said in a statement, the arm based system in Japan in November had taken the highest spot on a top five hundreds list for power efficient supercomputers. Arm said the system also took the top spot in a list designed to closely resemble real-world computing tasks, known as the High-Performance Conjugate Gradient Benchmark. A lot of technical terms there, but fancy. Yeah. There you go, Japan's uh, what is it, Fujitsu supercomputer with Arm chips, number one, and Japan's ushering in one. Society 5.0.
0: Yeah, what exactly is Society 5.0 in this context?
2: Uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on that and I was hoping that.
0: uh that on, I let me, let me ask. find it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Even though we named the episode off of that. So, um, <laughs> one definition is a human based society that balances economic advancement with the resolution of social problems by a system that highly integrates cyberspace and physical space. Society 5.0 was proposed in the fifth science and technology basic plan is a future, uh, society that Japan should aspire to. So it's a, uh, it's, it's the very thing we've been talking about, you know, pretty much from the beginning, definitely on the face, like the sun channel of this merging of the virtual world and the physical world. Uh-huh. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's an actual, there's a, here, I'll pull up the, uh, I'll leave this in the description as well. There's, um, and uh, let me pull it into the view so people can see it. This is japan.go.jp. It's a government document. And uh, come on, load, load, load. Realizing Society 5.0. It's got um, a little picture of uh, a happy Japanese family there with IoT, Internet of Things, Big Data, AI, and Robot, all sort of... Uh, surrounding them and it's you know it's got pictures of drones and uh virtual doctors and self-driving cars and all kinds of stuff do you want me to keep going here i can read more about it
0: um i mean pick it see if there's anything interesting pick something out
2: this is society 5.0 a super smart society Japan will take the lead to realize this ahead of the rest of the world. Yeah. <clears throat> and,
0: you know, we've, we've tried this before. They tried it in Canada. There's uh <laughs> there's the, that, what is it? The Saudi Arabian, uh, Neom, uh, Neom, gonna, yeah. Neom you know, this, ne- this super society. Te- it's basically just a techno technocratic utopia is what, uh, they're, you know, people all over the world are trying to accomplish. So it sounds like uh, Japan's throwing their hat in the ring there, bud.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, the difference being that, um, the Japanese, we do not fail. We will, we will all commit suicide and lose honor if we, if we fail. So this is, and you know, actually, um, I think this was, this was part of the big reveal that didn't happen at the summer Olympic games in Tokyo. I think they were going to show themselves, Japan, that is, that they are the forefront of society 5.0, this, this whole new technocratic, uh, situation, and I think a lot of the the opening ceremonies and and the things they had planned with robots everywhere translating languages for everybody and right. you know helping people walk around and find themselves and where to go all that kind of stuff I think this was the it was supposed to be the big uh, uh you know moment for Japan to declare themselves the leaders in this uh, mission here to become. Uh, you know, the, the new world order, basically.
0: Yeah. It's very new world order uh, agenda, 2030 type stuff. So they, they still got 10 years. We'll see what they can pull out. <laughs> um, <laughs> they okay, certainly just
2: accelerated to, everything with the, uh, the Rona's and everything going on. Yeah. Um,
0: well, uh, just, so. just to keep things moving so we can get you yes. out on time. Let's uh, talk about CERN.
2: CERN. Oh yes. CERN. I forgot about that. Speaking CERN. of the beast system. Oops. Hold on. (laughs) We're going to try that again.
0: There we go. Um, This is from (laughs) extremetech.com. Uh, CERN plans new particle collider 30 times more powerful than the LHC. The Large Hadron Collider is the most advanced and complex complex machine ever built by humanity. Wow, I've never heard it explained that way. And it's allowed us to study the inner workings of the universe in unprecedented ways. However, there's only so much you can do with a 27-kilometer particle collider. So CERN has approved plans to build a much larger larger collider called the Future Circular Collider with a 100-kilometer circumference. So there you go. We're making one four times bigger. And uh, for those who just need a short little update, we've talked a whole bunch about the Large Hadron Collider on Canary Cry Radio and Canary Cry News Talk. Long story short, uh, it's opening portals to other dimensions and setting demons free uh, to roam the world. Um, Or something like that. The article continues, Physicists have made many predictions about the nature of the universe and the existence of exotic particles. The best way we know to expose these particles to test theories is to smash protons together at high speeds and see what comes out. That's how the Large Hadron Collider confirmed the existence of the Higgs boson in 2012. Generally, Higher Power Collider means more particle detections. The LHC produced the Higgs result with 13... 125 to 126 GEV of energy, but the instrument can run at 13 TEV in order of magnitude more. An ongoing upgrade will push the LHC even further, but the FCC will dwarf the instrument with a predicted collision energy of 100 TEV. When the FCC is up and running, remember that is the future circular collider.
2: Right, not Uh, the uh, federal... What is it, the Federal Something Commission?
0: Something or other. When the FCC is up and running, it will be able to spit out Higgs bosons on demand, allowing scientists to map the way these particles interact with other matter. The first iteration of the SCC will rely on electron positron collisions, which is ideal for producing Higgs particles. After that, the team will upgrade the instrument to handle proton proton collisions reaching its full 100 TEV potential. Planning for the LHC began in the early 1990s, and principal construction kicked off in 1998. However, CERN had the advantage of upgrading an existing facility to make LHC a reality. The 27-kilometer tunnel that houses the LHC beam path was originally built in the 1980s for the Large Electron-Positron Collider. The FCC will require an entirely new construction project to bore out a 100 kilometer underground ring that won't start until 2038 at the earliest. Wow, that is far away. Yep. So we're probably looking at the mid 21st century before the FCC is doing science, doing science. The project could eventually cost upward of $23 billion, which is more than CERN can gather from its European partners. The organization might need to partner with the U S China or Japan. However, could finally shed light on some of the most vexing conundrums in physics, such as the higher prevalence of matter compared with antimatter in the composition of dark matter. Um, so, yeah, this is four times bigger than the LHC. You know, it, it kind of occurred to me they need to dig a big old tunnel. And I think, at least by 2038, uh, Elon Musk's Boring Company might be just the right candidate for digging that tunnel, guns. Yeah. We might have one of the uh, four horsemen of the technocalypse being instrumental.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, a couple things. One, I, I made a short video on this yesterday on the Face Like the Sun channel. Um and one of the things I pointed out was that in the 80s they tried to make a collider close to the size this is uh it's going to be 62 miles. I think they were trying to make a collider the size of 50, I think it was 57 miles circumference uh in Texas in the 80s it fell through it didn't happen allegedly and it was called the Desertron. Um yes. so yeah, they've done this in that. the past. And also, uh, the the other thing I noted was that in 2038, that's actually seven years prior to the 2045 date of the uh, you know the the people trying to achieve immortality by virtually uploading their consciousness into an avatar or whatever. You know, Dmitry Itskov, the futurist mogul, was saying. And so, interesting time time period there. That that's going to be some uh, strange strange days ahead, should the Lord uh, allow such times to exist and also the 23 billion uh what's 23 billion um i'm surprised they can't get the uh that's the eu to just print it
0: (laughs) yeah i mean gates could just uh you know pay for that out of his back pocket there yeah um you know it's interesting because the lhc you know the actual lhc scientists were afraid of opening up black holes Uh, with the large hadron collider. And now we're going to make one four times bigger. So I I wonder if anybody is even (laughs) more worried about the black hole problem.
2: Well, that and plus the, the one article that I always quoted was uh, one where a physicist said that, you know, if, if the collider works in a particular way, we should be able to peer into all other dimensions. His words, not, conspiracy theorist All words the physicists themselves yeah yeah we're saying we can peer into other dimensions so they're, yeah they're there you a go
0: bunch of uh you know forward-thinking interdimensional scientists over there <laughs> they're
2: already interdimensional yeah. yeah i
0: need to uh i haven't <laughs> done enough scrolling but there's many people in the chat uh typing in bazeltron i think that would be a great name I, I want them to name it after me that way i can your personal hook your yes. personal
2: uh, <laughs>
0: collider ah man i really should make a trip over there and do some get get the tour do some boots on the ground at the oh, i know man
2: you're gonna have to vax to get there now Ah,
0: don't say that
2: i got my <laughs>
0: uh, my anybody card um oh, yeah yeah all right let's keep going so we can get you out of here on time are
1: you ready to become cyborg
2: This is one zero dot, medium dot com, and I'll keep this one short here. The Segway's inventor has a new project manufacturing human organs.
0: Oh, this past January. Wow, what, a, the, <laughs> what an enterprising young man. What a, what a interesting Segway.
2: Nah, no. Okay. Hey. This past January, the umpteenth version of the Segway personal transporter whisked attendees around in its white egg shaped seat at CES, the huge annual consumer electronics show in Las Vegas, called the Segway S-Pod, it drew comparisons to the hover chairs in Wally that shuttled around people so out of shape and blob-like they'd forgotten how to stand. This is not how Dean Kamen, or Kamen, who invented the Segway almost 20 years ago, imagined his legacy. Kamen was inspired to create a device like the Segway in the early 90s, yada, yada, yada. He made the Segway. Fantastic. Person who invented it. Um, his company, DECA, for Dean Kamen, uh, research development in Manchester, New Hampshire, employs nearly 800 engineers. I'm trying to get to the spot here where it talks about da, 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 but none of these many, uh, oh, it looks like we dropped from the stream. I'm looking at our, our stream drop here. They don't like us yeah. talking about it. Um, okay, here we go. This is the important stuff. So hopefully we're back on so people can hear this part here uh so he invented a bunch of stuff but none of these many inventions including the segway has an impact that comes close to what could be accomplished by the most ambitious project of kamen's career building human organ factories in december 2016 at the age of 65 he and his collaborators won an 80 million dollar defense or uh, department of defense contract to manufacture replacement tissue and organs on demand. Wounded mm. soldiers need body parts. The DOD explained at the time, and so do Americans and organ transplant waiting lists, uh, 111,000 people at last count. And it goes into, uh, uh, you know, just more of the details. This is a pretty long article here, but it goes into the, this the whole 3d printing of the, the, you know, the body parts. And it's interesting how, you know, we have this um, body organ uh, issue in China uh, that, you know, it's kind of a hush hush situation, but here right. we have the DOD the, the Uyghur tie- issue. Yes. And here we have the DOD stepping in kind of like, Hey, you know, why don't we solve that problem and, and other problems in general by just figuring out how to print uh, organs. And um, this is uh, this is the guy who invented the Segway. Very ambitious. We wow. $80 million yes. from the DOD to uh, make this course. a reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know the guy who uh, created the, the failed two wheeled personal transportation device would then get into printing organs. But uh, like I said, a enterprising young man.
2: Yes. Uh, um, this, this is something to mention here. BAB, their bio assembly bot 3d prints human cells and has a six axis robot arm that makes structures, holds tools, and does assembly with Bab engineers at Advanced Solutions have used cells from belly fat to create blood vessels, and they're currently working on vascularizing a liver with another army member. It's a R M I Quote, wow. in a lot of cases, we have moved beyond scaffolds, says engineer and CEO Michael Galway. Bab is so flexible. She interesting that they reference the machine as a she. Really allows us to, d- to do design tissue structures in a way that we can add the cells so that it can be 100% living. So there you go. Wow. Interesting.
0: The BAB. Okay. Uh, there we go. The future Watch out of for Flippy. BAB and Army. Yeah. Flippy's got a job over there. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's do another quick little story on uh, some artificial brains. Oh. On your brain. Are you ready to become cyborg? Singularityhub.com. Scientists use dopamine to seamlessly merge artificial and biological neurons. We've been following the uh, state of what robot brains might look like, and now they're getting dopamine involved. Okay. In just a half a decade, neuromorphic devices or brain-inspired computing already seem quaint. The current darling... Artificial biological hybrid computing, uniting both man-made computer chips and biological neurons seamlessly into semi-living circuits. It sounds crazy, but a new study in Nature Materials shows that it's possible to get an artificial neuron to communicate directly with a biological one using not just electricity, but dopamine, a chemical the brain naturally uses to... Uh, change how neural circuits behave most known for signaling reward because these chemicals known as neurotransmitters are how biological neurons functionally link up to the brain uh, the study is a dramatic demonstration that it's possible to connect artificial components with biological brain cells to uh into a functional circuit The team isn't the first to pursue hybrid neural circuits. Previously, a different team hooked up 2 silicon-based artificial neurons with a biological one into a circuit using electrical protocols alone. Uh, We reported on that a few episodes ago. Although a powerful demonstration of hybrid computing, the study relied on only one half of the brain's computational ability, electrical computing. The new study now tackles the other half, chemical computing. It adds a layer of compatibility that lays the groundwork not just for brain-inspired computers, but also for brain-machine interfaces and perhaps a sort of cyborg future. After all, if your brain can't tell the difference between an artificial neuron and your own, could you? And even if you did, would you care? <laughs> of course, that <laughs> scenario is far in the future, if ever. For now, the team led by Dr. Alberto Saleo, uh, professor of materials science and engineering at Stanford University, collectively breathed a sigh of relief that the hybrid circuit worked. Quote, it's a demonstration that this communication melding chemistry and electricity is possible, said Saleo. You could say it's a first step toward a brain machine interface, but it's a tiny, tiny, very first step. There you go. That's actually pretty wild guns. You know, dopamine being a biological chemical. uh, I'm not sure if it's exactly a hormone, but, you know, it's specific to living uh, brains and now they can actually use it. Uh, in computer, in computer, uh, uh, mechanical circuitry, uh, which yeah. is pretty wild. I mean, that is some next level matrix style, uh, brain computing, <laughs> brain computer interfacing.
2: Yeah. And also the, it's the thing that, that has been abused by the social media, you know, it's, it's the dopamine yes. effects on us, you know, wanting to click and getting thumbs up and hearts and likes and all that is uh, affecting your dopamine, response in your brain. And so um, obviously it's the first step towards uh, yeah, making a brain machine interface. This is that,
0: quite the jump in technology. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because you know people I, it have always said like
0: impossible.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's that the real big point that I had highlighted was the chemical computing component, because that's been the, really the missing piece of this whole thing. You know, the, the electrical stuff, sure. The bioelectrical stuff, sure. But but the chemicals is what really is a little bit harder to nail down, I think, but this is the first steps towards that. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Very impressive More progress. All right. Um, what what do I wanted to say here? I wanted to, um, oh man, what happened to, uh, oh, I had, I had a thing, I had a, a, an ISO that was supposed to summarize this whole thing, but I lost it. So I'll just play this oh, instead. Bummer. <laughs> I was looking for the stop this progress before it's too late, but I, uh, I can't find yes. it. Oh yeah. All right. But we have this last story here.
1: He's a Satanist
2: Armytimes.com. U S soldier plotted with satanic neo-Nazis to ambush his own unit overseas. Oh no. Fed, Fed say, Oh my gosh. This is kind of a longer article too. I don't know if I can read the whole thing here. I
0: yeah, just give it a start. Um,
2: a US soldier assigned to an installation in Europe has been charged with trying to plan a deadly ambush on members of his own unit during an upcoming deployment with the help of an occult-based neo-Nazi group known as the Order of the Nine Angels, always oh, nine. No. According to an is indictment the nine unsealed angels? That Monday. That sounds
0: like a Book of Enoch reference or something.
2: Uh, well, the number nine being the Ennead, the nine gods of Egypt, and uh, if you if you know about the um, uh, the the channeling that took place with um, Yuri Geller, and uh, he was an Israeli uh, uh, occultist, yes, yeah. and, a, and also um, uh, Roden oh gosh Rodenberg what, what's the name the guy who Roddenberry, Gene thank you. Roddenberry, the Gene creator Roddenberry, of Star And a bunch of celebrities were with them when they channeled the nine. And that's where, you know, Star Trek, deep space nine. That's that's where all that stuff comes from. Private Ethan P. Melzer, 22, confessed confessed to plotting what he intended to be a mass casualty attack during an interview with U.S. agents on May 30th, according to the U.S. attorney's office for the Southern District of New York. Melzer was arrested on June 10th by the FBI during the interview. Melzer called himself a traitor against the United States and admitted that he intended to cause as many deaths among his fellow service members as possible, according oh, to yikes. the indictment. Yeah, Melzer en- uh, enlisted as an infantryman through the Army's delayed entry program in December 2018 and started his ac- active duty during uh, service in June 2019, said Army spokesman Lieutenant Colonel Emmanuel or Tiz Cruz. And um, again, we'll leave links to the, to the story. So you guys can dig through this. Uh, It says at the last paragraph here, the order of the nine angels has been linked to four cases of teenagers who were jailed in the United kingdom for terror related offenses over the past year. According to the British broadcasting corporation or the BBC, Uh, it appears to primarily exist online in the indictment against Melzer. U S officials stated that members and associates of the group have participated in acts of violence that include murders. So if they're the, uh, the nine gods of Egypt associated with this, then uh, telling people to, uh, to kill. It will kill. Yikes. Well, that's not cool. Yeah.
0: When more info comes out about that, we'll certainly bring it to the show. Um, But there we go. I think you got to get out of here Gon. So I think it's time to start landing this plane. What do you say?
2: Yes, time okay. to uh, time to end it end the show. There gotta we go.
0: Got to get out. Well, th- <laughs> thank you everybody so much for listening to today's episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Here's the thing. We will be back on Friday sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. We'll be back with same show, uh, news stories. You got to keep up uh, with everything going on. So we appreciate everybody coming on. Thank you to our new producers and especially thank you to uh, Sir Jesse, Knight of the Desert. And you too can make... Make your way towards knighthood to the uh, Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames. Um, to do that, you can head over to patreon.com ccnt, sign up on the Patreon, or if Patreon's not your thing or you want to give a one-time donation, you can head to canarycryradio.com slash support.
1: Canary Cry Radio.
0: That's right. Now remember to stick around to the very end of the show because we've got our Canary Cry Radio uh, mixtape coming up at the end. And remember, there's other ways to support the show as well. If you are an artist, you can create uh, some show themed art and email that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We'll show it on the show here. Um, Also, if you are someone who can. Uh, manipulate sound and create jingles or songs. You know, we've got some very talented musicians who listen to the show and, um, create one of those you know write a song that has something to do with the show and the topics that we cover here and you can send that also to Radio at gmail.com uh, we apologize we we do have to kind of make our way through the emails. so I know people have sent some stuff that hasn't made it on the show uh, quite yet but just uh, give, us, uh, give us your patience we appreciate that very much um, and remember you can leave ratings and reviews uh, on uh, the podcast version of the show that helps out the show a lot. Tells the iTunes robots to to share the show with other people. But remember one of the best ways, if not the best way, to help spread the show and support uh, what we're doing here is to send an episode to a friend. Y'all got people in your lives who are waking up. Things aren't adding up and uh, they need a a little bit of help with that. And sending them an episode of the show is a great way to help them and help the show and Strengthen your friendship or your family relationship, whatever that looks like to you. So just pick somebody and send an episode and help them out. And if you're here because somebody sent you an episode, welcome. We're happy you're here. Um, but if you need any help, here's some instructions. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it.
1: The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up. Stir up some controversy. Rattle a few cages. You <laughs> Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man! A crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! rattle a few Cajuns! Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah.
0: That's right, just ask Noah. Thanks again, everybody. And remember us this Friday, uh, the producerships, they've slowed down a little bit over the past week or so. So it's a great time to help support the show, become a producer, and uh, let everybody know that you are now a podcast producer. It's a cool thing to do. Head that over, head over to patreon.com slash ccnt. And remember, we'll be back on Friday sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. So please remember to log in, keep, make sure to turn on notifications so you will know when we go live um, and uh, you know the best way to get the notification is to uh, subscribe to uh, all sorts of different outlets YouTube and Twitch if you have not done that yet um, you can head to twitch.tv canarycryradio and I think that's about it any last words Guns? Thank you guys for watching appreciate there it there you go straight from the Gonzo's mouth All right, make sure to tune in next time to Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, remember, all together now, think outside the cage.
1: I want to shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone! I want to stir up some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence yeah. me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I get I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence yeah. I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. You are entering a dimension of sound. You carefully come in through the threshold with wonder, yet skepticism. You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're, You're listening, listening to Canary Cry smoke. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. I'll keep you safe and warm in my people's zoo. I'll keep you safe and warm now in my people's zoo. You, and you, in my people's zoo. I'll keep the cameras on.
0: the robots.